All right, guys, welcome for another episode of the Group Up Podcast. I am here with a cast of awesome creators ready for the great support debate. We did the tank debate. We had that talk. We had the therapy session, the whining. Now the counter argument, the rebuttal. The accused will get their chance to speak. The support role, the apparently broken role will have their say. So let me introduce my cast and we will have this discussion. So in the top right, unfortunately, COVID it up, but still I'm very grateful that she's turning up for this call. Please forgive her for her, her throat or anything, or if she's a little bit quiet, you will understand that she's obviously feeling a bit unwell. What's up, SK? Hello, I'm dying. Thank you for being here, SK. If you I have die. To Hi, dying. I'm SAV. If you have to go, please let me know at any point. That's totally okay. okay. I appreciate oh. you being here. Just tell me and we will sort it out. The rest of it is our problem. In... I should be fine. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Right. We look for... I, I wanted you here. You know, you really value your opinion. So I'm glad you could make it. So thank you for turning up. In the bottom right is my man, Karku Games. Karku, what's up? What's up? Thanks for having me. Glad to have you. Fresh from Toronto, the grand finals. Mr. Yep. Worldwide again. Actually, it's not I, I Worldwide not for you. Sick. SK, SK is the only other person in this call that, that went to grand finals. Um, and she got sick. I didn't because, you know, I told my white I told my white blood cells to work overtime because I was ready. Car, unfortunately, just... I pinged it. I pinged them and I told them, yay. Mine are striking. Yeah, fight at, that shit off. At white blood cells and they didn't have it muted, thankfully. They didn't have that Discord ping yeah. muted. Exactly. All right. Well, in the top left is my man Boger, the Bingus merch runner. So, Boger, want to show off your Bingus merch? Bingus. <laughs> so, some of you might be wondering why Boger's here, because you will have the real OGs of the podcast. I remember about two years ago, Boger being on one of the tank debates. In fact, the great first great tank debate was with Boger. But you've converted now recently, Boger, have you not? I've probably played more support than I've played tank. Now I just queue up both support and tank. ML abuses that because he duels with me for short queues because we get either two supports or support and tank. It's easy. How dare he? How dare he? But yeah, the world's <laughs> most famous life weaver player, perhaps the only one. And True. recently been grinding Iliari too. So thank you and your input will be very valuable as the dual role flexor. And True. for her first appearance in the podcast, I believe in the bottom left, is Emma Lyeth, Grandmaster Support Player, Resident Genji Hater. Yeah, except I'm in my Genji era right now, and it's, oh my god, it's terrible. Yeah, so your your chat, you did a subathon, and your chat has forced you to play Genji for a while, right? Mm-hmm, yeah, it's uh, day six today of being a Genji main. Well, it should should hopefully give you a fresh perspective on, on the, have you have you learned anything? Are you like, do you feel different about Genji? Uh, it actually makes me hate Genji players more. Really? Why? Because it is so easy to get health packs as Genji, and <laughs> mine don't. <laughs> Damn. All right. Here I thought you'd be like, you know what? Well, I understand now why Genji players I do not. The only thing that I do understand is uh, the Nano Blade, because it is so hard to get kills with Blade without Nano. Fair. Okay. So this is what it's all about, getting fresh perspectives, and that's why I brought... The squad on over here. I think Boger, we might be a little bit echoing in your in your thingy again. Just something to to keep an eye on. But um, all right, guys, we are. You know, you. I'm sure you've heard all about it. Okay, yeah, I think that's Boger. Boger, my friend, can you turn push to talk on? Okay. I can hear you again. In yeah. The, or I can push hear me. Talk, push to talk. Okay. So as I was saying, you guys will have no doubt heard the the accusations, the rumors, whatever you want to call it, that support is busted. Support is the baby role. Support has it easy. 
So to start us off with, I want your opening thoughts on the state of support. Do you agree, disagree? Because that was certainly the sentiment of the tank debate, that support is overpowered. Where do you feel it's at? I'll start with Karku. Karku, tell us. Okay. Uh, that that was that was in short at the at the end of the whole tank debate. That's what they said. They said this the support. What did they? What was their thoughts? So they basically I they're, they didn't listen to the whole thing. So they just okay, summarized okay. for everybody who didn't sure. listen to the other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair, fair. So so I think overall, basically, the tank players were saying that a lot of their value is negated by the support role, who are kind of disproportionately control a lot of power. They're able to do other things as well as you know they they can DPS, they can heal, they can tank in a way. They can kind of do a bit of every role. Whereas for okay. the tank role, they're kind of they build up to these one moments of play. They spend their whole round waiting for this thing to happen, and then the support comes in with a Suzu immortality, whatever it is, and kind of ruins their day. And then that's like that's it. As for the DPS, I don't think they had too much to say in terms of like how the DPS is stifling tank, but it was certainly the support where they had a lot of their complaints. Okay, I do think some supports fill fill that, but I, I'm gonna play devil's advocate this is i guess the whole point of debate that tanks can also do that there are some tanks certainly where you have to stand there and just you know you do your job and you you make space and then all of a sudden yeah suzu or whatever comes in but like suzu belongs to one hero there's some heroes that can't do dps very well actually there's a few of them um and then and then when you make the argument with with tanks uh you know how they can't do anything there's also there's definitely tanks that can do a lot of damage like zarya like junker queen they can rack it up and and, and top the uh top the damage charts so i don't know i don't fully buy into this that you can't do anything on tank i disagree with that statement um and then then them saying that supports are overpowered i would say some are so i don't disagree with that part uh for example i still think bap is overtuned and this is coming from someone who like plays a ton of baptiste i actually still think he's like one of the best supports in the game despite the recent nerfs where they like cut the healing um the flat healing amount initially with the regen burst or whatever you know what's crazy that wasn't even in overwatch one they added that randomly yeah. at the end of overwatch 2 beta where it's like oh if they're less than half health why don't we just double the healing from the regen burst flat and then they just cut it back a bit that didn't exist in overwatch one and um i think the damage in overwatch one is also 24 per bullet so then when you triple burst into the stomach or body shot, it's like 72 damage. But right now it's 25 per bullet still. And that's, uh, what, 75. That's a major breakpoint, by the way, especially um, on Tracer or, you know, anything like that. So um, I, think they're, I think the tank debate, they kind of like wrapped support in a giant like they're overtuned, but they kind of like throw every support in that category, but that's just simply not true because there's a lot of different supports that fill different roles and niches. And then same with tanks. There's different tanks that fill different roles and niches. Yeah, Ryan at this current state, you probably have to stand there and take the you know, take all the hits mm -hmm. and do feel like you do nothing. Same with Roadhog, you just stand there and just you just soak a gazillion damage. And you know, I know you had some Ryan former Ryan mains and some Roadhog players in the tank debate, and they're gonna feel that way because that's just the heroes they play. For me, I play the heavier damage uh, supports. You know, I can top charts with with BAP. I could play some Malari. I could play Ana. Play Kiriko, and you could definitely top those off. But if we have some Life Weaver players here, or some Mercy players, or some, um, I was gonna say Lucio, but I actually seen SK's Lucio like kind of like cook a little bit on like that certain play style where you just like are actually damaging a lot. It's a lot of chip damage. It's very like pokey with the thing, but there's no like mm -hmm. strong TTK like time to kill for uh, for the Lucio. Sometimes it just depends on who you're going for. A lot of times sure. you just spam main, and those green Oreos hit the tank. So yeah, you're, <laughs> you'll inflate your damage numbers a little bit. And same with more, they get inflated a bit. But I think there's a little bit of a a, a disconnect between like 
all supports right. being super OP and being the 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 main role. Anyways, I talked for too long. Let's no, no. So, so, we're, so, they're just, so yeah, you you feel like there's the general generalization here of the support. Too much of a generalization. Huh. We can tune some of them back, but not like it's it's right. not everybody. We're we're homogenizing the role here, and we'll, we will like in this podcast we will obviously we'll discuss wider big picture support, but we're going to talk about each individual support as well. So we'll have time to break down which of those you think are broken and which are undertuned. I want to take it to our newcomer, Emma Elias, next. Emmy. I feel like you're going to come with the heat here. You're going to come defend the support players that the tank players are talking some shit. Oh, you'd be Just wrong, opening actually. thoughts. Opening thoughts. Oh, really? Yeah, mm -hmm. I actually think supports have the best kits in the game and some of the strongest kits in the game. I think that um, Suzu, MO, I mean, even Ananade, like I think all of those things are extremely strong. But I don't think things are helpless. I think uh, it's a little... I don't want to say dramatic. I know there's a lot of tanks that are not good right now, but like Zarya is insanely unfun to play against because she literally negates everything. Like she's just not fun. But um, I get the Ryan mains and the Roadhog mains because they're terrible right now. Hmm. Interesting. This is not quite going high pan. I know. Go... I, I actually think supports are insanely strong. <laughs> okay, you know what? I I, I do too. Well, like, I do too because of the support passive, which does encapsulate or generalize yes, everything. That passive, didn't exist in yes. Overwatch one. I remember re I rewatched some old Overwatch six v six footage, and I'm like, man, I got trickled down, tickled down by a tracer as an Ana, and I'm like sitting at 110 health for like way too long. I'm like, do I nade myself? Like burning your nade for yourself was so bad back then if you had to do it, and like, you know, it, it was just completely different. So I do think that passive is very strong. Sorry to yeah, cut you I off, but, uh... but no, you're good. I also think that the like without the passive, because like in the beginning of, well, I guess they still had the passive in the beginning of Overwatch Two, but they were like yeah. so bad in the beginning of Overwatch Two because of how it played and how easy it was to just dive supports. And what was Ana it again in the beginning? I don't remember, but Ana just felt terrible to play. I remember. I think that was like a, I think that was just the game was new. I think it was the same. It was just two seconds before it two kicked seconds. in. Everyone's like, "Yeah, hey, it's whatever." Yeah. This passive doesn't feel great because DPS. It was overshadowed by the DPS passive at the time, which was good. Yeah, which that's was the movement that's what speed. It was, yeah. Everyone's like, "Wow, the support passive feels like shit compared to that." And well, I plus, think it was just plus a dive was strong. Thing. Dive was mm -hmm. strong. That's right. They had nerfed some aspects like Ana's sleep and stuff, and we obviously didn't have as many supports as we did. One of those new supports, being my man, a life weaver, Bulger. You are the tank main converted. Are you going to defend the support category? Or are you also agreement that maybe some of the supports are overtuned and perhaps the support kits in general are very, very strong? Can you hear me fine? Hello, yes. mic check? Yes, right. perfect. I think that support is the most relaxing role in the game. I can tell you from, from experience, from playing tank and playing support, playing support is so chill. Like... It is so relaxing, especially if you play Life Viewer or something like that. You're just vibing, bro. You're just chilling. Playing tank is so stressful. I hate playing tank. Tank, like, you've already had your tank debate, so I won't talk about it too much. But, like, I don't know if support is broken or not. There's some supports that are really strong. But the sheer pressure you have when you're playing tank compared to when you're playing support is just not equal. Like, I... Some of you probably will disagree with me, but when you play tank, there's so many heroes that can counter you for any any tank hero you pick, for anything. Even if you play Zarya, Life Viewer can just counter every single ult you get. Uh, people can just go Bastion, Bastion just counters every tank, basically. And it's just so annoying, right? But when you play support, 
what counters Life Weaver? If Sombra sucks against him, what counters Larry? No, nothing counters Larry. And then you have a second support that can peel for you. And you're just chilling, you know, like, especially if you deal with another support player, you're just vibing the entire game. I've dealt with ML a lot. I've had zero pressure on me throughout all of the games. Yeah, sometimes you get dove, but you can easily outplay getting, uh, you can easily outplay dives. You easily can outplay them if you just are smart about it. Like, in Overwatch 1, what happened a lot is people would get hard focused when they played support by dive. You know, Winston Diva, Tracer, Genji, they would constantly dive you, you would die, you didn't have your support passive. Like Kark, you said, you had to waste an ability to heal yourself. Right now, with the support passive, you're one-man army, right? Like, you can't kill the entire team, not always. Sometimes you can if you play Laurie or if you play Baptiste. And, but most of the time, you're just chilling. Like, there isn't anything that can actually counter. You can pick any support, in my opinion. Some support combos are really bad, obviously. But most of the time, you can go anything and still win the game. Like, as long as you play well, as long as your team is not throwing the game, you can win the game. And I think that is the main reason why support is being played so much more than being than tank because i can do whatever i want in support i can go on a life weaver i can go on a zen even though it's a little bit scuffed i can go life weaver larry i can go life weaver whatever it, it, it can work but if your tank goes the wrong tank in the wrong situation you just lose the game because he's just getting hard counting and that's it and it never happens when you play support it's just so much more chill to play support okay okay so we're getting a picture that comment section are not going to be happy about. The comment section, I can hear it now. SCV, what is this fucking shit? I'm a support player. Uh, it's fucking hard. These tank players are whining and you got to cast the support players. We're all saying the role is a bit too much. SK, I don't don't think you're going to change the trend. But how do you yeah. feel just in general, big picture on support? I'm sorry to make it so everyone has the same opinions, but I do think a lot of uh, support has a couple heroes that are probably the most powerful in the game and it's super chill to play too like Boger said whenever I'm playing poorly like my my aim is really bad on the day I'm losing a lot of games on DPS I just don't want to think anymore I go support and I just win in like top 100 fucking round <laughs> wait am I allowed to curse I'm sorry yeah of course um, you are I curse plenty but like heroes like Bap, Ana, Ilari, Kiri, Brig I think just have way too much impact it's really funny playing Lucio now and sad, honestly, because it's just like, man, if I was asleep at my keyboard playing a different hero, I would be getting more value than I am right now playing like I'm God's gift to Overwatch on this hero. It's, hold on, I have to go. It's okay. Take your time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Lately, I've been playing Alari, Yadi, and out damage dealing my DPS. Um, I feel a little guilty about it, because... <laughs> I'm a I'm a person that plays all of the roles. Like every season, I I put in hundreds of games on each role. So I I think I'm really in tune with like how powerful or how fun to play each role is. Support is what I do when I want to have fun and chill and like have easy games. DPS feels terrible right now. And moving on to the tank thing with the great tank debate, I'm going to say skill issue or hero issue with whatever their complaints are. Because I have been playing tank this season. I've been top 100 for the last, like, 60 games. I haven't noticed anything they're talking about. Like, if I'm having trouble, I simply swap. That is it. Like, if you play the right hero in the right situations, you can 1v2 anyone. You can delete everything. You do more damage than DPS. Plus, you have a huge health bar. You're literally 
a raid boss. I like, was gonna say you do you can do high damage. Everyone says you just sit there and take it, but that's just like two or three tanks. Like SK, which which tanks do you play that can cook like the damage numbers? Queen, right? Season, Zarya. I'm playing Zarya. I'm playing a lot of Zarya. I was playing Queen before, but as I get higher, you have to be really good at her to get values, and I'm I'm not as good as her at good at her as I need to be. Um, Orisa actually just melts people. If you, you actually do so much damage on, on Orisa. Switches, you actually do yeah. so much damage on Orisa, actually. People, and you're hard to kill, too. It does suck. My complaint is not about supports, it's about DPS. Mm. If the other team goes Bastion in May, I simply cannot play the game anymore as tank. And I don't think that has anything to do with supports. Um, but, like, literally, Azaria, I have one before the other team provided their tank is dead. Like, it's ridiculous. Um, wait, I have more to say. Yeah, it's okay. You can take your time to think about it. We can, we can also I come forgot. to it later. We can come to it I later. Remember. We'll be there'll Wait, be plenty. I remembered. I'm oh sorry. yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. But um, I have noticed if I have bad supports, I cannot play the game. If my supports are playing suboptimal support comp, like lately, a lot of my supports have been playing Mercy Yachty, I do not get to play the game. It is, I think, tank can go, can go from the most fun experience in the game to the most boring experience in the game. Simply from having bad supports or the other team picking Bash and May or Bash and Sim. Um, but I will also say, I remember when Overwatch 2 first came out, most support players felt like it was a super underpowered role and were complaining a lot. I was not one of them. I, I will say was that I. now. But I wonder what changed since then. Maybe those people are still saying the same thing. Who knows? There's three uh, new supports I, I that came that, out during that debate. The same thing. Yeah, there's three okay, so, supports. When so, people are saying that, that was during the beta, we've literally had three new supports. Yeah, that was enter. really, really early Overwatch. So yeah, too. Emmy, let's yeah. let's elaborate then. So we've kind of unfortunately established a precedent that that all of you kind of roughly agree support is very powerful, very good, very good state, which is not a bad thing. You know, we don't have to arbitrarily pretend that support is weak if everyone who plays the role and then whose opinions I respect feel like it isn't and feel like it's very strong to quickly add in my my own experience as well i got gm1 on support the other day mostly playing bap and ana so i think i also agree that like the value you get is insane like the amount of impact the when i play support i've also been flexing other roles and it's like super miserable this meta i think is particularly egregious as sk pointed out i think like that like i see a lot of bash and tor Bahanzo type shit and it's like when you're the other dps if you don't like mirror you just like you just lose because it's like you can't go. I, I like playing like Tracer and Genji. I like playing like heroes that require my brain to be on, not just like spamming at a, at a, at a corner. And you just like, you just get rolled by spam and people just shoving shit in your face. So it's like very, it's a very obnoxious meta, I think, which has exacerbated a lot of these issues. And I think for tanks, it's the same thing. It's like if they're running like Bash and May, as you said, SK, it's just like you just don't get to play the game. So I think there's a lot of compounding factors. But support, I think, feels great. Support, I feel, is like how many how the other roles should feel. Because whenever I play support, I come away at the end of a game and I'm like, if I lose, I'm like, okay, I definitely could have, I could have changed this fight, I could have changed that fight, I could have done this, I could have done that. When I play tank, sometimes I'll drop like 40 to 2, lose the game, and I'll be like, I have no fucking idea what possibly I could, like, I can't do everything in this game. And same with DPS sometimes, you just feel like there's nothing much you could have done, even if, you know, obviously I'm not a god. But all that being said, I want to unpack the sort of the evolution of the support, how we got here, and also maybe like what is fair, what is unfair about this state of support, and what maybe we can learn from it for if we want to help the other roles too. So, Emmy, I want to come to you. What you said about uh, you were one of those people who felt like in the beta the support was underpowered. I think a lot of people felt that clearly. 
I know SK and Karki, you said you didn't. I'm, I'm going to assume Boger also didn't. But um, what was your feeling? Why did you feel like support felt really unfun or underpowered? I don't even think that it was they were underpowered. I think it was the way that the game was playing. Like, Ana couldn't keep up, because I'm an Ana main, Ana couldn't keep up with the fights because she didn't have any mobility. And it was just like any support that had mobility was the best support to play. And it just didn't feel good to have to play specifically not Ana because she couldn't move. I don't I don't remember. I think it was just the meta at the time, maybe. Like Dive was really good. And um mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. She just didn't it was, have it the was Winston, it was uh Lucio Kiriko, I remember, or something yeah. like that. And then, and oh, then yeah, Mercy Kiriko, and then Mercy probably, Kiriko yeah. for the Sojourn Pocket. Well Mercy's pretty mobile, mm-hmm. Kiriko's mobile, Lucio's mobile. But it well, was even Lucio, Mercy Kiriko, can Winston. get chased down though. I think it was probably Kiriko. No, even I think it was even before Kiri. I don't remember. I have bad memory. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, Kiri, Kiri okay. came out with the game though in October. I swear. I yeah. So I'm Kiriko came out with the game, and you were right. At the pro level, I believe it was Kiriko Lucio. Lucio. Uh, and but then also the Reaper. beta f- felt really terrible, specifically. Yeah. So the complaints <laughs> came during the beta, which is where. Like, right. So yeah. I think I want to I want to paint this picture because I think what the narrative uh, that I see a lot is that supports complained at the start of Overwatch 2 as in the beta that they were underpowered, that they were unloved. They've been gradually buffed and had new heroes introduced, and now they've gotten to a point where everybody else is suffering. So let's. So I do want to unpack that. So you're right, Emilith, in that it was the first beta when I remember Ana was being played at the pro levels, like Ana Winston Dive with Genji, I think, was strong, and Soldier, I think, was strong back then with some buffs that he'd gotten. But I remember this complaint. Lucio was, like, the strongest support in the game because he could actually, like, duel and survive. So, yeah, so talk me through, like, you felt it was very punishing and you felt like it was just, it didn't feel like what you wanted to play. Yeah, it was like, you just pretty much had to fend for yourself as Ana, it felt like, because the game moved so fast. Like, Overwatch 2 was a lot faster when it first came out compared to Overwatch 1. So, like, you just had to adjust so much more quickly, and I think it made it really hard for Ana because she didn't have, like, the movement abilities that other characters have to keep up with the pace of the game. Right. And then now, I'm not, I guess just because the meta changed is probably why Ana feels better now, but I'm not sure. I mean, a lot has changed. It's hard to track individually. Yeah. I'm trying to remember if there was like a specific turning point. Maybe the DPS passive. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, there's been a lot changed. I mean, Boger, from your POV, how have you viewed the evolution of support from what we had in beta to, to where we have now? Like, how have you viewed that change you think it's like steps in the right direction or do you think like actually they've maybe made some missteps along the way i think support was good since launch i think it's still pretty good i think um i think the addition of the new heroes have you know shaken up things a lot but it's really hard to pinpoint if whether or not there are steps in the right direction. I think the new support heroes are phenomenal. I think Kiriko and uh, Laurie and Lifeweaver, they all fit the niche. They're all so fun to play for the people that want to play them. I think it's really cool the design they've made behind those characters. And in that sense, I think it's in the right direction. But there's a lot of things I really despise about support. And this is the tank within me that really hates it. I really don't like the direction of back in the day when I played Overwatch 1, a lot of things that would happen was 
I would dive an Ana and I would have to outplay the Ana Sleep Dart and the Nade. You know, when I'm playing Winston, I had to do this and that to counter her abilities and she had to outplay me so she could sleep me. And there's a lot of back and forth. Now with support, what happens is you land an ability, it gets cleansed. It's like a lot of that depth, a lot of that counterplay in the sense that a lot of that thinking that you have to put in into executing a good play is gone. Yeah, you can wait for the Suzu. Yeah, you can wait for those abilities. Uh, right now, what's really annoying is with Laurie's Pylon. I am diving the Pylon on Winston instead of diving the supports. It is so obnoxious. There is no counterplay to it in the sense that, oh, I'll do this and that so I can counter the Pylon not getting placed in that place. I need to dive the Pylon and then I need to dive the supports. That is so annoying. It is not annoying for anyone else. It's really fun for the support player. Don't get me wrong. I know it's fun. It's really annoying when I'm playing really well with Ryan, for example, or I land a really big slam or I start juggling someone or like I'm about to, you know, I've played all of my cards, right? They Suzu, right? And for a lot of people, they're going to be like, oh, you need to counterplay the Suzu, you need to bait it out. Yeah, well, it sucks. It, it sucks in the sense that <sighs> back in the day, I will say it again. There was a lot of back and forth between supports. With Baptiste as well, he was one of the most annoying supports because he could counter your play after it happened by just placing a lamp. I hate that. I wish we would go back to, oh, Life Fever as well. I've been playing against Life Fever a lot on tank. Let me tell you, that guy is annoying. As a Life Fever <laughs> play, that guy sucks. He's so annoying because there is no steps to take to counter his abilities. All you can do is bait out the ability and that cannot happen by itself you know your team needs to help help you with that or you need to do something and, and then wait or execute something else but it's so annoying to execute a good play and for it to get suzu'd for it to get life we were pulled for it to get uh you know uh lamped it, it is so like it, it breaks my heart it breaks my heart it, it goes for any role like if i'm playing uh, if I'm playing Laurie and I ult with Laurie, it just gets suzu'd. It's so annoying. It's at least with Matrix, you can you know outplay the Matrix. You can be like, oh okay, I'm gonna bait out the Matrix, I'm gonna wait it out. You know, say, oh he's not using Matrix. Now I throw it. You know, there's some counterplay. You know, I'm gonna bait out the Winston bubble, then I'm gonna throw it. With Suzu, it's just like, oh I threw it out. That's it. It's over. I'll outplay it. It's done. And again, you can say you can just wait it out. You can bait it out. But again, it's just such a boring. You know, like you know counterplay to that uh, there's a lot of rant about it but i mean that is my thought yeah baiting stuff out is nothing new though but i do think it's because like tanks have they, they have that one less person to eat a cooldown for you so the game has actually become more team centric than anything in a 5v5 environment simply because one less person to take some of the support cooldowns away i mean lamp existed in overwatch one right and like break stuns and like you know if you weren't taking if one one of your tanks had to take one of the stuns then like the other person is free to do whatever so like I will say, yeah, tanks have to, like, you know, consider a lot more in this idea, version of the game, which indirectly makes supports feel more powerful disproportionately to the tank players because, you know, as a Winston, it's not, it's really hard for you to get the pylon, so now you have to tell your other DPS to find an angle to break the pylon, like your tracer or somebody to do it. But, like, in the 6v, if we had a 6v6, I don't, I don't know why we're getting to a 6v6, 5v5 thing, but you this them. does play, this does play into, like, probably why supports feel stronger, to be honest with you. Like, if you're playing two different tanks, if, like, if you're not going for the pylon, somebody else is, or you have two tanks taking space, it opens up an angle for your DPS to take out the pylon, if that were the case. You know what I mean? So, so really yeah. quick. Well, I want to say something yeah. 
for everything that Overwatch 2 does, a lot of their characters are focused on the individual and it's no longer about team play and I think it's very obvious. So it's really annoying when you have to play old characters that were designed around team play. Like Winston, I, I, I remember Unsolded Sold, for example, said something about it. You need three charged shots to kill a, a pylon and it's impossible if you're on Reinhardt, for example. And there's these old characters and it's just so annoying to deal with these new abilities that are cent centered around the solo play of Overwatch 2 because Junker Queen is solo centered, Kiriko is solo centered, uh, Lari is solo centered. You know, most of the characters are they, they, they're supposed to exist without the help of the team. And it's just so obnoxious. I agree with what Kark you said. I just, in a sense, I wish we added a lot more complexity to things if it makes sense. Like, for example, Anna is such a great character. I love Anna. And I'm not saying the new supports are bad. They're so fun to play. They're awesome to play. But I wish they added a character that added complexity and layers to stuff. Like Sleep Dart is so awesome. I love Sleep Dart. And you know the complaints about Sleep Dart is stupid. They're so stupid. And anyone complains comment about- Comment section's not gonna like that. I don't care about the comment section. <laughs> anyone that complains about Nate are stupid as well. You can counter Nate in so many ways. You can counter Sleep Dart in so many ways. And it takes brain cells to actually do it, right? And it's so fun when you outplay Diana. And so fun for Diana when they outplay you. And that is so awesome. You don't have that anymore. You just have to, either you bait out the cooldown or you don't. You can't counterplay the Suzu, you can't, you know, you can eat it or whatever, you know, it's just so annoying. Or the pylon, the pylon, or Life Weaver Pool. Life Weaver Pool cannot be countered unless you bait it out. Thank you. I mean, so there's a couple strands there that I want to investigate. The real quick, though, is that Kark, you, are you or anyone else, are, are you're not on the 6v6 train, are you? Because Samita will rejoice. No, I actually do like 5v5, don't get me wrong. Okay. I'm a support player, so this is beneficial for me. I feel I like 5v5 too. as well. I do like 5v5. I just want to point out. Emmy and SK. Yeah, I like 5v5. Okay, SK. I feel like every support player does probably. Yeah. Hello guys, SCB here, and the Goop Up podcast is back, and I'd like to take just 30 seconds of your time to talk to you about two quick things. Firstly, Patreon. If you enjoy the content, then please do consider supporting directly, because Patreon takes only about 10% of the money you give, where YouTube and Twitch take 40 and 50% respectively. So if you'd like to support the podcast, then that is the best way to do so. Secondly, if you're someone who enjoys video essays or detailed analysis of movies, TV, or anime, then please do check out my second channel, The Soak, where I'll be making videos about those kind of topics much more frequently and where a lot of my attention will go beyond just Overwatch. It would mean the absolute world to me if you guys would check it out. But that's it for now. Let's head back to the discussion. I'm torn on it. I've thought for so long about it and I can't decide which one. There's okay. so many arguments for both. Yeah. Because okay. obviously I don't, I don't want to turn it into a 66 discussion. We already had that debate. Nor do I think it's particularly productive. I don't see a realistic world in which we're going back to 66. I just don't yeah, think that's that going to happen. Yeah. So, but what, but what can be illuminating, illuminating is like learning the lessons of what's happened and, and adapting it to this game. Samido, while we mentioned him, did make a video recently on kind of how he felt supports have kind of ruined Overwatch, which is an appropriate discussion to have, I think, on the support debate as another counterpoint. One of the things he really spoke about, it's a very good video, even if you are a support player, I think it's worth a watch. You can check it out on his channel. One of the things he talks about is this sort of gradual progression, which Boger is alluding to here, of the initial launch or what supports, you know, Zenyatta, Mercy, Lucio, back when Symmetra, but let's forget about Symmetra being a support to start with. A lot of these guys, they kind of, well, firstly, they're single target healers, and they, the utility is not, again, kind of, of what Boger spoke about, it's, it's kind of the utility is finite, it's counterplayable, it's, you can understand how it works. Over time, Brig is added, Moira is added, the, the way the healing is outputted becomes easier. 
So it's AOE healing. It's it's it just push the button and it executes the entire healing, right? As opposed to Ana, where you have to hit the shot to heal. Because she has the higher healing output compared to the previous supports, but that comes at the cost of having to hit it. Same for her abilities. We eventually start transitioning to, well, you know, Brig, just everyone heals around her. Moira, everyone heals around her. Bap, everyone heals around him. Kiriko, the Suzu, you just push the thing and it does the thing, right? So it is not necessarily an execute mechanic. Do you feel like that has been a problem? Do you feel like that is why one of the people, why people feel so frustrated with the support role? And I think another complaint often here, you know, even SK kind of alluded to, well, I can turn my brain off with some of these supports. And that's what a lot of people feel, I think. They feel like well, the reason they're so angry is that they feel like supports are too free. So do you think this transition is part of it? Like this this emphasis from the development side of supports that are executing things too easily. I want to take it to SK if you are feeling up to the voice of it, SK. Do you have any thoughts on this? Supports being easy to play. Or the, um, the later, the newer supports getting you know more free value, as it were. I think for me, a lot of the reason that I find support like brainless and easier to play it's just because the hitboxes are so big like Ilari is a great example if i'm playing ash and i'm just whiffing everything all day like i literally can't hit anything i go to play iari and i'm hitting every shot just because the hitbox is like a lot bigger on her bullets and things like that but i do think there is also like a lot of um um thought lost like, when I play Kiri, I don't even really need to ult track anymore. <laughs> like, sure I can. Like, oh, they have Ilari ult, I'll save my cleanse or whatever. But most of the time, like, if I don't even realize that, I'll still have it for when they ult. So, I guess that's, like, the only example I could really think of right now. So, you, so you do, do you agree or disagree with the premise? Like, do you, do you think the, the way they've designed the new supports is fine? Or do you think there is, a like, a wider problem with the way these new supports, Iliari and Kiriko and, and Life Weaver are kind of, the, the the way their kits and their save abilities operate. Oh, yeah. No, I, I don't like it. I Just, like, having to bait something out before you can press your button feels bad. And it's different when it's, like, other abilities, but if I'm playing against a Kiri and I have JQ ult and she knows I have JQ ult, she will not press cleanse until I ult. So it could be, like, an entire fight or two fights. Until eventually I'm just like, all right, screw it. I'll try and hit like four people so she can't cleanse everyone. And then she just cleanses everyone. It's like, oh, what the heck? And then playing against Life Weaver pull is so frustrating. I hate that guy. And like, he can just counter so many ults with his abilities. Like Life Weaver pedal stops, grab, it stops sig ult. There's a whole bunch more. Yeah. Interesting. Car Q, do you have any sort of thoughts on this? Do you feel like... Because you said, well, outplaying has been a thing since Overwatch 1. Yeah, you, I think so. So you disagree um, with this premise? That it's unfun to play. I mean, at the same time, like, some supports also had to, like, sit and wait. So JQ has to wait for Kiriko to thing. Lucio used to have to wait for Sombra to EMP, and then I had to come out of hiding before I could drop the beat. True, true. You know, there's uh, every role... Like, it's, it's... I don't know. For me, I just feel like nothing's new. Like, it's... It, like, obviously, it's a new game, but, like, this isn't an old concept. So, like, you know, maybe one's a bit more disproportionately tougher for one, but, like, you know, hiding a Zen to before you pop your trank for the EMP, or, you know, I have to save... Like, as a queen, you don't ult until Kiriko cleanses, and then for me, I'm like, their Tracer's lurking around, she's looking for a Pulse Bomb. I can't do it until she Pulse Bombs, too, you know what I mean? There's there's more things than one thing to... Tr I still have to hold my stuff 
relative to the uh, the compositions. You know what I mean? Okay, Boger, yes, go ahead. Yeah, Boger. I want to interject. Is that sure. you're right? You're completely yeah. right. It always existed, but EMP is an ult, and you counter an ult with it. Suzu mm. is an ability. That that is uh, the annoy. I don't mind, you know, having that game like back in the day where uh, you you wait out the EMP and then you beat or you know play around that. But it's an ult for ult. You know, it's not a ability for an ultimate it is so infuriating to right. have to wait to use your ult for four fights like sk said just for the kiriko to use an ability and that's at the end mm. sorry i think some tanks also have the the ability to stop things as well with not an ultimate as well for example zarya bubbles they counter the diva bomb or they can they they stop they can stop like big impactful things as well, you know. Yeah, what but I mean? you have one tank, right? But you can yeah. have a Kiriko Suzu and a Life Weaver yeah. pool, for example, right? Ah, okay. You can have you can have two supports countering you, while the tank mm. is only one, and the Zarya needs to choose between bubbling herself or somebody else. And there's like a lot of gameplay around. You can also break the bubble. You can also bait out the bubbles. If you bait out the bubbles, Zarya is dead. If she doesn't have bubbles, right? There's a lot of thinking behind it. Suzu, she doesn't have to use Suzu, right? Life Weaver. His entire purpose for the pool is to save it for that one moment, right? There's right. no other moment. He doesn't have to use it ever. True. Those are the strengths of those heroes, but then what's the downside? So you have to have like the, the design philosophy of like a balance between that. That's which is why I think it's annoying to play against Live Weaver, but he's balanced because he does everything else kind of shitty. Or like the damage portion. But you can pump you can pump your damage arbitrarily on like if they have a roadhog, you can farm higher damage on the stat sheet. But like against high movement comps, then you're like you're strong on one end, which is to like, you know, deny certain ultimates, but then you're weak on the other. And I don't think that's like a terrible design philosophy in my personal opinion. Um, like we're in a game, like, it's an ever evolving live service game. Like how many different healing archetypes can you really have? And like designs, it's like single target or AOE. And it's just like, you know, when you have like hundreds of heroes, you're gonna have some overlap on things that do very similar things. So like, I don't know. I like the design of new heroes, to be honest with you. Um, I think every single hero they've released so far has been a banger, including Sojourn, Junker Queen, the ones that came out with the game Kiriko. Those three were great. Ramatra has been great. Um, so I, I don't know where I'm going with this. Sorry. Okay. No, no, it's it's a fair yeah. point. And I think, again, to I will have to try and do my best to present the arguments of the support defenders, which is that Mm. What you're what you're saying is correct, Bogrin, that well, there's the one tank, whereas there's the two supports who can stack these things on top of each other. But the supports would say, well, that's we have to do that as well, because on our own, each support is potentially weak, right? Each support yeah. on its own potentially can just get completely rolled by the one tank. So we need to gang up on the one tank, otherwise they just win. So like that's the two is only yeah. evening that, it out. That's our role. Like that's we're a support. And now obviously some supports do a little too much on other categories, but like that is the purpose of it. But it's like also then the same thing with tanks. It's just like you could sit there as Arissa and just like rotate all your cooldowns, you never die. You could sit there and just block as Ramatra forever and actually just like stall forever. I mean, the fun factor is a different thing, but like it can also be equally annoying from a supports perspective where it's like I can't do anything to the enemy team but then i uh default to you know healing my team or whatever which can be you know fun on its own and that's actually another psychology thing where it's like sometimes you know how you guys said like support's very chill it's a more easier role relaxing role i can agree with because you can always feel like you're doing something that's like a where it's like you know even if if my back's against the wall, I can always like be healing my teammates because they're usually around me. But then when you're a DPS, you have to like find all these angles as tanks. You have to make sure where the hell is your team, find this cool and bait this cool on. There is like 
parts of support that are like super super chill but i just think that's just the the way the role operates and like i don't think you'll ever be able to equally associate fun for each the fun factor for each role because they all just do different things and maybe like human tendency is to like enjoy uh the chill role more and it's like frustrating well, to do the hard ones but some tank players love the the chaos and they're like yeah i love taking all the hits from my team you know what i mean but i think tanks been disreport like always been like a less popular kind of role in all kind of games or maybe i'm wrong on this i don't know but like whenever i like you know you like raid in world of warcraft or whatever it's like isn't it harder to no, find that's tanks correct. in general that is correct in, in most yeah. video games less people play tanks i think there's a really important insight in there though which i don't know if we've consciously talked about it is that the activity of the support is perhaps what makes it feel more like auto like you feel more autonomy Engaging, on support autonomous yes yes because yes. you feel like because because the difference is as you said with a tank or a dps you can't even always be doing damage right like certain tanks for example they're 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 nerfed by their range so if you're like ryan you know we've spoken about like reinhardt even winston like the sniper monkey while amusing when you get the sniper monkey is largely pointless like it's not actually gonna do anything in the mid in, in like the pre-fight poke so it's like this you know think tanks like this are often left with nothing to do but stand there right but just be there so they don't have this constant thing they can be doing to make themselves feel like i'm actually contributing and even dps sometimes you know you you can't really always be doing damage because of the circumstances of where you are or perhaps again your range as a dps so maybe that's an insight emmy i want to take it to you because you haven't spoken in a while like how do you feel about what we've kind of spoken about here with the way the supports have evolved firstly if you have any things to add on the first thing we discussed about the the power creep for lack of a better term of the support heroes the new ones and also just this idea of like the dynamism of the support role um i kind of agree that like certain abilities that you get free value from that you don't have to like ult track like suzu because the cooldown's so short you're just gonna have it for almost everything that's always gonna be unfun to uh play against um but I think that there's also a lot of people that think supports should not be able to like do damage like they should only be able to support their team and enable their team and that's never going to work in the Overwatch setting because you have to be able to change the outcome of a game yourself. So I I don't know, I just think it's <laughs> I'm kind of like in the middle of CarQ and Boger and SK. Um I just think that there should be some sort of fall off for like Kiriko. Like Kiriko can do everything. She can output healing, she can damage, and she can MO and cleanse. And I think that there should be some sort of fall off for characters like that. And like even Lifeweaver, honestly, I don't agree with Car Q on Lifeweaver. I think Lifeweaver is really, really hard to um, counter because he has so much. Uh, he has the movement, he has the platform, and he has pool. And they're all short cooldowns, minus pool, I guess. But uh, like the movement and the platform alone, like keep him from dying nine out of ten times. I just think there should be more fall off for characters that have, I guess, quote unquote, easy abilities. Right. Oh, so you mean counter counters to those characters? Um, like more, more no. Things to like, like deficiencies like things that they can't do. Like oh, Kiriko can do everything. So I think True. I don't know. Like she shouldn't be able to do everything. You know. I do think Kiriko is a lot more versatile than I think the versatility in play styles is also a big factor on the True. supports feel really good as well or uh, certain supports. Um, I do think 
now that now that I give it more thought, there are like uh, some tanks that are stuck being very one dimensional because you're simply out of range. Like as Ryan yeah. or like even as Zarya, like it's really hard to like do anything against like the flying heroes, for example. Um, that that said, I do think supports deserve like abilities that do those things because they're supports. Okay. So like that kind of pushes them into that role of support. But if you go that route, I feel like you kind of need to do that with every role, like make DPS more of a DPS role and tank more of a tank role. But I think that's just hard to do in Overwatch because like nobody, it's not going to feel good if you can't change the outcome of a game. So like if you reserve supports for only having specific abilities and they can't do anything else, you can't really change the outcome of a game because you're just enabling your team. You're not enabling yourself. I'll take it to Bogre SK if you guys have anything to chime in on this one. I think personally that I don't I wanna emphasize this. I don't really think that ninety percent of the supports are broken in the same way people say they are broken. You don't automatically win the game by picking Kirk or whatever, right? But I do believe that many games can be dictated by supports so easily. Um I hate to bring up tank all the time, but it's the support debate, and it's about support, but um, if... Well, don't worry, we team... spent a lot of the tank debate talking yeah, about they go hand in hand. So, right, yeah, but, so, yeah. They go hand in hand. So, my, yeah, my, 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 my thought is that when you're playing support, you can easily take the game hostage by picking, you know, Life Weaver Lari on Circuit Royale, and... If the enemy team is playing Bab Zen, you just lose the game, <laughs> like 90% of the time, especially in high elos. Um, supports can dictate whether or not the enemy team is going to get value from their ults in the first place, right? Like, if your team is playing, uh, you know, Life Weaver, Kiriko, Baptiste, whatever, 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 they can easily counter many, many ults. And I think that's the most annoying part. I, when I express my opinion about support, it's not whether or not support automatically wins every game. It's that support is just so annoying sometimes to play against, right? And as somebody that plays Life Weaver, I can tell you it is so annoying for the enemy team to deal with me. I have done so many silly things with this character by just using my abilities uh, to their full potential. You know, you can block mail, you can cancel it basically with tree. You can do so many things with this. You can cancel Sigma ult with, with your platform by just standing on it. There's so many things. Like, I can't imagine the amount of pain and suffering people experience by playing against a Life Weaver who, uh, for, uh, when this character, three of his abilities are there to just absolutely fuck with you. It is so obnoxious, probably, but for me, it's fun. And, you know, like, <laughs> the thing about support is it's really fun to play because you don't care what people do. Nobody can pick anything to counter me if I'm playing Life Weaver. Nobody can pick anything to counter me if I'm playing Kiriko, right? I can play my game. If we lose the game, go next. Whatever. But, and every ability that I have is so annoying for the enemy team. And that is the problem that people have with support. I, I, I don't think support is all to win button. I don't think support is, you know, I don't think uh. it's black and white. I don't think it's black and white as people take it. Yeah, you know, and I think it is, right? Like, if I play support and I play well, it doesn't mean I'm going to win the game automatically. Like, as many of you said, Playing tank, you can carry games as well on a recent Zara. You can, absolutely. But at the same time, it is just so annoying to deal with some support abilities. And Life Weaver, for example, I don't think he's an easy character per se, because 
you know, there aren't many life river players. It's hard to think about everything that's going to happen and how to counter everything. You still need to position yourself correctly. I don't think it's super free and easy to do all of that. But when you execute it really well, everyone on the enemy team is just annoyed and they're not having fun at all. And that is my problem with many support characters. It is just so obnoxious to play against sometimes. It, be, it on, be it you're playing DPS or tank or even support, the enemy support can just crush all fun you have with the game. There is no greater pain I experience than me playing tank and the enemy team going Babzen. There is nothing greater than that. <laughs> you know, now with Bastion buffs and Bastion yeah. being meta, the same applies with DPS. But before Bastion buffs, Babzen, I, I just know I won't be playing the game. I just know I'm AFK on card and that's it. It's over. <laughs> Anyways. No, it's a fair so, point that you bring up. Uh, so, sorry, yeah. Karki, Karki, did you have something to say? So I want to it's take more SK. about, so just like the, the, it's more of a fun factor and annoyance to play against them rather than like them being like a free win button. I just want to make well, that important distinction because a lot of people, I think I, with what Boger said, I really want to emphasize what he said there. I like the way he phrased that. Or the there's there there is a misconception. Not everyone believes in this, but there's a lot of sentiment saying like supports are a free like free win because they're OP, but that's not actually the case. It's just the disproportionate amount of fun versus annoyance, and that's a well, separate argument than the win thing. No, 100%. You're correct to point out. I mean, I think that okay. argument is stupid in, in in of itself because it's like, well, both yeah. teams have supports. So, like, it, it, yeah. can't, it can't possibly be an auto-win button because they also have the potential auto-win button. So, it, it cannot be as simple as that. I wanna, and that's why I, I just want to add... win rate is, too. It's like so yeah. thing. Anyways, yeah, go ahead. I just want to add one final thing why I really like, you know, uh, Anna, for example, why I really like Lucia, for example. It's because you can counterplay them. Like, I can play around the Lucio. I can counterplay on Ana. I, I need to think about it. People don't like to think. They just want to play the game and win. But I can, by thinking, counterplay Lucio and Ana. I can do that. And that's but fun. You're, you're saying that with specifically the character that you want to play. I guess technically you can counterplay other supports with other tanks. But it's just that you don't want to you you're saying you don't want to have to counter swap to counter those characters, no, right? I, 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 what I'm saying is that, uh, I really like the design of Lucio and Anna. That's what I'm trying to say. A lot of tank players, they complain about the fact that they don't want to counter swap to counter characters or, you know, play around characters. And I get the annoyance, but you know, it's always been like that. What, what can you do? Like, if you don't want counter swap, like SK said. Uh, unlucky for you like what it's always been like that uh, if i play winston into a bad comp for winston and i keep losing it's on me i i know it's on me it's annoying but i can swap whatever mm -hmm. but my point is i really like Anna design i really like lucid design because when i'm playing against them and when i'm playing them as well there's a lot of thinking involved there's a lot of layers like an onion right shrek reference but <laughs> there's a lot of layers to it there's a layer upon layer upon layer when you're playing against Life Fever, there is no layers. It's either he gets pulled and, you, and he doesn't die, or he doesn't get pulled and he dies. That's it. There's no layers. There's no fun factor. And that inherently makes it boring for everyone except the Life Fever player. Yeah, sorry. I misunderstood you. I thought you were saying... No problem. Like, oh, I, I forgive I... you, Emmy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were saying you just want to be able to like counter any character with a specific tank and not no, have I, to I counter swap around. I think what Boger's alluding to is a very good way of putting it and it's so, something again we see people say I, I, there's there's a couple of things i want to bring about but i just want to let's go on this point for now which is i think what 
why people often look at Ana as this goal set, which is, I know it annoys people because I know there's plenty of people who hate Ana too, right? There's plenty of people who feel like sleep and, and, and antinate are, are too powerful. I think the reason why a lot of people, Boger and myself and other people, look at Ana as kind of like the gold standard of, of a support design is because every decision comes with it a cost, which is, and I, I want to just dwell on this point and compare to Kiriko for, for an example. So with Ana, if I, both abilities can be used aggressively or defensively, and each comes with a reward and a, and a risk. So should I try and sleep someone aggressively, as in let, let's sleep someone over there to try and get a pick? Well, that means that now that I don't have the sleep, should someone go on top of me and that I don't have a disable, mm -hmm. should I need to protect myself? And of course, my character has no mobility. So should I be gotten upon? I, I'm going to die, probably. The nade is equally, I can try and use it as a purple to try and get someone dead over there, or I can use it to heal myself. But even the heal on yourself is a temporary measure, right? It's like, it's a, it's a finite amount of extra healing. After that, that's it. That's no more. Like, so if I have 200 HP, I go down to 100 I nade myself. I think now they nerfed it. You go to like 150. Used to be go back to 100, 200, right? But even then, that's it's buying me an extra one second, two seconds. And on top of that, these abilities have to be aimed and positioned like in a certain like a nade across the map has to be landed. Sleep across the map has to be landed. Sleep on someone close to you has to be landed. Compare that to Kiriko, and I, I've seen this playstyle now a lot. I, I think many unranked GMs have have brought this bad habit now, where Kiriko players, for example, they just walk straight into the back line. You just hear the like sound of kunai flying across your ear. They two tap, right? So like any character basically that's not a tank is going to get two tapped by the Kiriko headshots. Should you try and punish her? Suzu. Okay, well, I break the Suzu out. Now I can kill steps away across the map through a wall to her teammates. Every every moment that you had to try and counterplay it is now gone. This character gets away scot-free. At worst, she got nothing. At best, she killed like two to three people. So there's like the, the the difference there is that there's no risk, there's no potential loss to the playstyle of your hero. I think that is what frustrates, because the the there's no there's no downside to doing that. There's very much no downside. So I think that's what perhaps the frustration of many players is, and and I'm curious again, SK, to get your opinion on this, because because what Boger spoke about is right in that it feels great on your POV, right? When you're playing Life Weaver, when you're playing Kiriko or whatever, it feels great to have so much impact in your hands and so much power in your hands to control the game. But how do we, how do we A, make that something that everybody can feel? Or is that impossible? Like, is it impossible that every role can feel that level of control and autonomy? Or does it have to be that it comes at the cost of others? Oh, shoot, this is hard. I have a terrible headache. I'm sorry. Wait, okay. I have one thing I wanted to say to Go Boger earlier. Is that I think you can get counterpicked on support and have to swap, but it's not so much as like counterpick, I suppose, isn't the right word for it. There's just like a lot of situations where if you swapped, you would be getting more value. It's I think it's so dependent. Sorry for cutting, uh, but I think it's dependent map. For example, if you play Havana Circuit around Junker Town. You know, playing characters like Bat and Zen is inherently better than playing characters like, yeah. I don't know, Lucio. Lucio sucks in this map most of the time. And I think map. I think it applies for every hero most of the time. There's, I think it's okay as well. Like, having characters that are good on certain maps and characters that are bad on others, that's okay. And what I, I want to say is that 
when you're playing tank, for example, people can pick one hero and counter you. But when you're playing support, there's no one hero that will counter you most of the time. Yeah, like, yeah, that's what I was They need say. to challenge the entire comp or play on a certain map to counter you. And I think that's really annoying because it happens a lot more, uh, a lot less often in ranked than it happened than them just changing to Bastion and countering you. Sorry. I don't think one hero can counter you on tank either, though. I think the biggest problem with tank is that. You are only one tank, so the entire team swaps to counter you, and then you you're screwed. But like, I agree. When they start yeah. stacking, and once they counter the one tank, you just lose the game and you go FK. That's annoying. It doesn't happen yeah. in support because if you counter the Which, one support, let, there's well, a second one. I just want to let SK get her thought out while she can. Go ahead, SK. Oh. <laughs> okay. You good? I'm sorry, I have a terrible headache and I'm No, that's totally okay. Thinking. That's totally okay. You know what, you take your time, SK, this is what we'll do. We just take your time. If you have anything to say, just like, you know, light up or drop a message in the Discord. And just at any point, okay. if you're like, I have something I want to say, just just chime in because I want to be able to, to get your input. I really value it. But I don't also want to force you like this to kind of put you on the spot and you're like, oh shit, my throat's really killing me right now. So I actually don't want to speak. So is that no, okay? Yeah, you're good. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm having a fever as well. I might need to lie down soon. I don't know. Okay. But this works. This I'll stay as okay. long as I can. Go. Okay. Now totally where if you have to go, go. Totally okay. Um, all right. So we've kind of talked about that element a lot. There's one more thing that I wanted to bring up in the general discussion of support before we talk to each character. It was, uh, actually Emma Elias. I want to take it to you because, you know, I saw on Twitter, there was like a clip, I won't name any names, but there's like a clip of, of like a player who was playing tank and was trying, <laughs> to, fight, was trying to fight two support players and was kind of complaining. I mean, I got plenty of, of, of heat as well when I was talking about how unfun tank is to, when you get like chain <laughs> yeah. CC. When you get chain CC'd and stuff, but you in particular reacted to this clip of like someone trying to one v two supports basically, and then was was unhappy that <laughs> they kind of survived I, it. I think in that specific clip, it was just a terrible example. Like I don't necessarily entirely disagree on what they were saying, but they were trying to dive on a brig, I think, as Doomfist, and I'm like. In what world do you think you should be able to 2v1 those two heroes on Doom, like on Doomfist? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, at, to some degree, you have to admit that it's not a support issue in that scenario. Skill issue. Oh, literally. <laughs> like, wait, wait, that's just a dumb wait, wait, wait. decision. SK, SK has something to say. I will I give her priority over everyone. So, he did pop his ult, and during the entire time, the person he was shooting at never went below half HP. So I think, like, not so much as being able to kill them, just the fact that he used his ult and hit all of his abilities and all of his shots, and the Ana never went below half HP is pretty insane to me. Like, Was he I can dying? agree that maybe he... Sorry, Sorry continue. But... No, go, go ahead. Like, I can agree that maybe he, sh like, he definitely shouldn't be able to 1v2 supports. Like, support should be able to stay alive. But if you are Doomfist, you hit all of your abilities and your ultimate, and no one goes below half HP, I do think that is a little bit ridiculous. Was he diving the Ana originally? I thought he dove the Brig originally. Yeah, well, yeah, remember. he did hit Brig with, like, he hit the Brig with his punch and, like, the the Brig with his ult, I think. But she also didn't go below half HP. And then, I don't know. It was just, like, he was hitting everything. And none of them went below half. It was crazy. Yeah, I don't, re I don't remember the full clip, but... I don't I actually just... know what clip this is. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to, like, bring the clip. Yeah, I don't want to, yeah, like, play yeah. the clip because no, I don't want, yeah. I don't want to... <laughs> I don't, uh, there's yeah, another, don't there's another, people. there's another also, there's another, like a toxic trait, I think, which is that when, when someone shares a clip expressing their frustration, we kind of tend to VOD review them. 
It's like, yeah. oh well, yeah, oh well, true. you could, you should have used true. this, you should have played absolutely fucking perfectly. And it's like, well, uh, do you play perfectly? Nobody, nobody in this clip played perfectly, right? We're all yeah. just okay. Yeah. To be plebs. fair, and with your clip, I actually did not feel the same way. Just FYI, like mm -hmm. I know that there were like misplays or whatever, but I, I do agree with your clip because you were getting like chain CC'd. Booger. To be fair, Honor Brig is the most annoying support duo ever in existence. It's so annoying to play against that. <laughs> And like it is, you you have to play perfectly to get Valor. Even if you play perfectly, you can't get Valor. It's just uh, it's just obnoxious, especially if you don't play so a character. So what is that, what is the thing yeah. here? Then we I just want I just want to because I I know people will be listening to this podcast who are who are like dedicated support mains are going to be just annoyed that we keep bringing up these points about this is annoying, that is annoying. You guys blah blah blah. What is how can we how can we kind of frame this in a constructive way? What is it about this? situation that we can kind of potentially alleviate or 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 illuminate in a way that makes people feel worse or, or less less worse less bad about these kind of situations of like well what is it about Anna Brig why why is it that when they exist you're not going to have fun like what what can we what can, how can we frame this constructively sk I, this is like a whole huge thing that goes like both ways because supports need a way to survive like supports should be able to live in this situation um, but I think it should take like skill shots and I don't know, like, like, oh, this was a great play that I made in order to stay alive in the, in the clip we're speaking about, it was just Brig like hitting E on her Ana three times and Ana threw a nade at her feet. And that's how they survived. Like Ana didn't hit her sleep dart. Ana didn't anti the doom or whatever. She just threw a nade at her feet and Brig triple repair packed her. But also Ana Brig is like. The only support comp that can survive against a coordinated dive. So there's an argument to be made that that does need to exist because how can supports have fun if that's the only team, that's the only support comp that can survive? But that's also an Overwatch League. I don't know if it applies so much at ranked. Um, but there's like this whole thing like, should supports be able to survive through this? I think they should. If supports can't survive, then they can't have fun or play the game at all. But like, yeah. Right. It's just, I mean, it's there just... is. Go ahead, Elmi. Sorry. I mean, there is also, like, a drawback to that, too. Like, the Doom has the attention of both supports in the backline currently True. not doing anything yeah, else for the Yeah, then the other support, the other tank is just left out to dry, so it's just, like, they got no resources. Yeah. If Anna Brig is dumping all the resources for themselves, then, you know. So, so know. it's like Team you are game. getting out of the Team game support. is arguably Doom's doing his job. He's 1v2ing. He's taking the attention of two <laughs> supports. I think the frustration of tank players comes when you do that and you still lose. <laughs> That's the problem. Is like you're you're like doing this whole I'm taking resources away and then you turn around and like well a soldier and killed four people while I was drawing resources away. Yeah, that's fair. Sorry, I did. Yeah. I I, I want to defend really supports. I want to be devils. I want to push the support agenda, but uh, uh, sometimes it spills out. I apologize. Um, <laughs> yeah. So go ahead, SK. You were going to say something. Sorry, that like that was such a good point that changed my mind on the whole thing. Like the at that point it's just the tank's fault for like like you need to be able to realize when you made a good play and your team just let you down. Like that is not a problem with supports there. That was just like good job. You distracted them. They had no heals. Your team just sucks. Like, GG, you made the right play. <laughs> it's not a problem of balance. It happens. Right. And th that could be something from the game design perspective to kind of help a player understand that better, perhaps, or feel better mm. fee feedback for a situation like that. Because I, th I think it's a f it's a feeling thing. It's not necessarily a 
clear-cut balance thing in that sense. It's it's a it's the the satisfaction that you get doing that versus the satisfaction you get killing a guy or healing a player is better. You know, those are better. Yeah. So maybe I'm there's sorry, something I to think to about. Go ahead. I have, I have a terrible headache. I must go. Okay, that's Bye, totally fine, SK. Thank you for the time you gave us. Thank you for your input. Hope you feel better. It's totally okay. Don't worry about it. Do not worry about it. Feel better, SK. Guys, while the while the overlay, wait, actually, this was working out. Boom! I actually have a look. Bulger's just to put you on. I have I have a ready ready made switching, so we'll just we'll just sort that out with the name tags. Can I can I talk about this the brigand? Yes. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I want to say that I agree. I think. First, this issue only arises in high elo. It has never happened in low elo because even if they play on a brick, they don't know what they're doing. And rarely it happens that they play on a brick in lower elos. It only mostly happens in high elos. And second of all, I think the frustrations from tank players comes down to the fact that they don't understand the game. Like, it is annoying, as I said, to play against on a brick, but it's annoying because I have a lot of bloodlust and I want to just, you know, dive the supports and I want them to disappear, right? But it right. doesn't happen against Anabrig. You can't do that. What you do is you dive them, you bait their cooldowns, and then you leave, right? And during that time, you can take space, your team can get kills, your team doesn't, uh, your team has heals while their team doesn't have heals. And it's just a different game. And people think that it's just, I'm going to dive, they're going to die, and I, I win the game. That's it. It's not how it happens. It's not how it works. Yeah, it is annoying. I just dropped it out as a comment. It is really frustrating. But if I had to choose a comp to play against, I would choose to play against Anabrig. Because, you know, there is, you know, some thought behind it at the end of the day. Like, I, it's, I didn't mean to say that it's annoying in the sense that it's absolutely busted and broken. It's just a different game that you have to play. And yeah. people can complain about it, but those people that complain about it, about Anna Brick specifically, I, I think they're just bad at the game, honestly. I'll be honest. Just get, I get think better. that goes back to, like, each role having, like, what their role is. So, like, Tank, right. your role is to make space and support your well role is it is <laughs> to make space and supports roles obviously to, it's more know. than that yeah yeah of I, course to do utility fine. and stuff but uh, the game is about fun and if you're just a support who's doing utility all the time like playing a moba that, that is so boring to play support in mobas i'm sorry for saying it it's boring i overwatch supports are so much more fun because you actually do stuff and you play the game and you can carry the game and with tank it's just annoying to be just the guy that gets shot all the time even though in a lot of games it happens that you are the guy that's being shot at. That's the role of, of tank, right? And people expect things, like, I'm going to go and carry the game. It doesn't happen, they get annoyed. But you can't carry the game every time. Sometimes it just won't happen. And I think uh, this leads well as well to, to the final point about the bigger picture support thing. It leads well into the, the why we got here, which is that Briggs introduction, let's look at that as like, kind of like the, the liminal moment, the moment when it all changed. It was because supports were just falling over, right? To dive in particular. It's like, it. a lot of the frustration, I suppose, support players will say, well, what you're wanting is just us to fall over. You want us to just like fall over and die. And we're surviving and that, that's frustrating for you, but that means we're not just deleted out the game. And that's kind of how it was back when Briggs was introduced because dive heroes were just destroying backlines and it became a game about like, well, whose backline survived longer? Not who's survived and who's who's died. It was just like, who survived for an extra five seconds to get a little bit more value out before they died? So I guess for support players, it's it's like, well, we're we're finally at a stage where we can actually live through things. Now let's now let's work around that, but let's keep that facet of the support role in. We want to be able to like actually play the game and not fall over. Karku? 
Yeah. Any oh, thoughts? I have nothing to add to that one. Nothing to add to uh, that. Though? No, like I think you're right with the whole like you know whoever survives longer kind of thing. But I had a thought earlier, but I kind of lost my train of thought, which is I didn't want to yeah. interrupt for like Damn. the sixth time, so my bad. No, no, I go ahead. Feel free. Thought. We you know the, we want the free for all. Sometimes if you got thoughts, throw them in. Just interject. I don't mind. Um, okay, so is there anything else anyone wants to bring up on the bigger picture before we start talking about each of the individual supports? No? I All right. I think we kind of identified the biggest mm -hmm. pictures. Usually, like, certain abilities are unfun to play against mm -hmm. just because that's how they are. Mm -hmm. and, 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 oh, I had, oh, the thought was, oh, okay, I remember. It was, it was mostly just, like, a lot of complaints are so, like, mis misplaced or misguided when it's just simply just, you know... I was okay. My my brain was thinking like a a, a mercy pocket kind of uh, debate that I've kind of seen, but this is a, uh, I mean it's sort of related but unrelated. But um, it's uh the whole like you know I'm so and so and I'm challenging this this as a DPS player and I'm challenging this like mercy pocketed Ash and I'm an Ash and I can't win if I don't have my own mercy pocket. But I'm like, well, you're not supposed to, you don't take the one v two. Like in in any world, taking a one v two is just like already at a disadvantage. And it, was, it was related to one of the Doomfist thing where like where you taking on to when you're challenging two people. It's like in what world is that ever like uh, the smartest thing to do? Everyone just feels like they should be able to kill everything, and that's like their their, their bubble they live in. And if they, they can't kill two people without dying, it's simply frustrating. They have to tweet something angry about it. And I've always just found that silly, which is why like I don't tweet that often because like I don't know. I don't, it's not much to complain about. Like if I took a one v two, I already know I'm going in a disadvantage. Maybe there's times I did win, and then but then most of the time it's not going to go in your favor. You know what I mean? Um, but anyways, that was like something. No, I that's totally to fair. Earlier, I think I think you know what. In that note, let's discuss mercy first because oh, okay. we kind of already okay. we kind of already talked about it. I'm just gonna take it in random order, however I feel like it. Um, and I think this is a this is a discussion that comes up often. Um, we've lost SK, and she always has some interesting thoughts on on the whole mercy situation. But to summarize, I guess the 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 complaints have not ceased on what it's like when Mercy is being pocketed. Boger will understand me a little bit because he also plays in EU, so he knows the, the, the dread of the Mercy Farah, Mercy Echo, the flyer domination that exists on EU ladder. This issue hasn't gone away, but how do you guys feel? Do you guys feel like Mercy is fine? Do you think like there's no need to complain? I'm going to take it to... Uh, let's go to Emmy first. So Kark, you had to say, then Emmy, then I'm going to let Boger speak on EU experience. Oh, man. <laughs> uh... uh... I think Mercy probably needs something else. I just think damage boost is always going to be unfun to play against because it is true that you have to mirror the damage boost a lot of times in order to counter it. Like, if they have far Mercy, you need a Mercy a lot of times. I mean, sometimes you can counter it with, like, Zen, but in lower ranks, 9 out of 10 times, you need the Mercy. Um, yeah, but I also don't think, like, Mercy is... I think Mercy can die. How do I want to word this? I I don't think Mercy is OP, I should just say. I I just think damage boost and and um res will always feel bad to play against. So is it another case of like it's not overpowered, it's potentially annoying, as we said earlier with some of the support yeah. stuff. Yeah. Oh, and I also think like as long as one shots exist, this is my hot take, I guess. I think Mercy Res should exist because if I can get shot from across the map and die, I feel like I should be able to also get rezzed. Okay, that's fair. That's totally fair. I agree fair. with that. Okay. 
Uh, Bogar, you give your thoughts and then we'll get to Karku again. Mercy. I don't think Mercy is broken by any sense. I, it appalls me. It's so confusing when people complain that Mercy is broken. What In what world is Mercy broken? I know people are going to be like, oh, you're being held hostage by the Mercy Mafia, but how, <laughs> is, how is she broken? Like, it's, it's so annoying to play against Mercy Farah. It's so annoying to play against a pocketed DPS. But, you know, it's just how the game works. Like, what are you going to do? Just delete mercy from the game like what it's just the character right it, again we go back to the you know the thought process of it's annoying to play against because i will kill somebody and i maybe that needs changing in a way but you can res from behind the wall you can res while falling down you can res in so many weird situations and all of mercy players are going to be like oh you can just counter the rest. you can't you can't you can't always counter the res most of the time, when a good Mercy is playing, it's really hard to do something about that res. But it's not broken. I've never felt like they won the game because they had a Mercy. It never happened. Never in my mind yeah, have I thought... Yeah, if anything, the, the person would be like, can yeah, you yeah, do anything else exactly. but Mercy? Like, the team that has a Mercy will complain about the Mercy. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's way more situations where I feel like the enemy team lost or my team lost because we had a Mercy than they than us or them winning because there was a mercy in the first place. So I think people kind of frustrated with the game and with their own mistakes and just blame mercy all the time. But you're not losing the game because of mercy. You're just losing the game because you misplayed and because, you know, you, you might think it's mercy's fault because, for example, it, there's a lot of annoying factors behind mercy, like her res again and her damage boost and her Valk, you can't kill her, right? But you can punish mercy pretty easily, to be honest, especially if you play a dive character or you just hit your shots with DPS and you know, she's flying all over the map, but like, it's just the character. It might be annoying to you. But for many people, it's really fun to play. For the people that are getting pocketed, it's really fun to play. Uh, for the Mercy players, there's a huge Mercy community. It's really fun to play. It's just a weird spot where the character is. And, you know, maybe she needs some changes here and there for it to be less annoying. But if you change her, you know, core kit, she won't be Mercy anymore. So just leave her be, in my opinion. I don't think she's broken. Uh, what I do find annoying is far Mercy, far uh, Echo Mercy, you know, all of that stuff. I can't really do much about it if I'm playing tank or support a lot of the times. It's really complicated, but I don't think it's Mercy's fault. I, I, I don't think it's Farah's fault necessarily. It's just when you combine them, it just becomes really annoying to deal with, especially if it's a good player. But like, I, I know what to do about that. I think it's really complicated. I don't think you can pinpoint all of the blame on Mercy. Uh, but I don't know. Mercy is just chilling, bro. Mercy is just vibing. I don't know what to say. Like, I, I don't think it's broken. Mercy just vibing. Karq, does he just vibe in your mind? Yeah, I think she's just vibing. Um, I don't know. I don't play Mercy a lot, but I play other supports. I can see why tanks would be frustrated playing against the flying archetypes. There's only like three, right? Like Echo, Farah, Mercy. But like... Supports do have tools to deal with it. Alari, BAP, I could pressure. Ana, I could pressure. DPS have options. But definitely tanks are on the short end of the stick against that specific archetype. Like, there's actually... I mean, maybe D.Va, you fly and, like, eat some stuff and be annoying, but you're not going to go up and, like, completely 100 to 0 any of the flyers if they're playing high enough in the air. You're not going to be able to boost close enough. And if you're, like, you know, isolated in the air, that's not the smart way to play. But I don't know. I think Mercy, if we're starting with Mercy, I think she's chilling. Um, again, this is the whole debate of whether it's fun for and annoying versus like actually like competitive viability and brokenness i don't think she's broken anymore like she's 
Yeah, and he, hard to change the identity, but I don't know. This is like a, I keep going back to this is like a live service game with so many different variabilities. Like, there's no matter what game you play, like you're gonna have certain archetypes and and styles that are just gonna be unfun for some, but very fun for others. So, in what world is everything supposed to be fun for everybody? It's impossible to please everybody. So, I'm in the fence. I'm I think with Mercy, it's okay. The damage boost is another thing which we can maybe move on to zen right after sorry to kind of like dictate the taste no, of it no, but no. the whole damage boost idea is um annoying because of the, the 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 break points and everything but like i mean it's been tuned down quite a bit now 25 percent instead of 30 is it's okay um and uh you know, if you are challenging the one v two damage boosted Ash or damage boosted Flyer, like you have to consider that. Like this is another one of the one thousand factors and variables you have to learn to play around in a dynamic, fast tactical shooter. If you have no tactical brains, stop playing a tactical shooter. Goddamn, that might be the spiciest thing Karku's ever yeah. said in his life. If you had thrown a curse in, I would have given that award. But then that's a yeah. rare Karku moment. Um. So, so the final thought on that then is that. Is there anything... I, I completely agree with what you said, that there is no way to create a situation where no one is not annoyed by something. Someone, like, no matter what composition of five heroes the enemy team is running, someone is pissed off about... Yeah, especially because there's some guy who always comes in with the most hardest takes. I, my chat has an infamous meme about when I was playing Winston one time, and this guy just, like, counter-swaps to Reaper, and I was like, oh, he's going to chase me around a Reaper the whole game. And someone in the chat is like, how are you going to complain about Reaper when you play Winston, bro? And I was like, what? And it's just like, so, so some guy will be mad about something, right? Like some people are upset about Winston Ryan or whatever. And ultimately any meta going on too long will annoy people. But is there any way that we can make it less annoying? Like we, some of these elements, is there any way to make the damage boost or the res feel more dynamic in any way that could alleviate some of the frustration? Emmy, you kind of seem like you had something to say. I don't know. I, th I think Mercy is disproportionately targeted for the whole support thing. I think it has to do with the people that play her and uh, the fact that she doesn't have to necessarily aim unless you go DPS Mercy. Um, and I think it's okay that there are characters that play that way, truthfully. It's a dynamic game. I think you should be able to have characters like that. Yeah. The downfall would be that you can get countered by hitscan. People and most, can't sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to keep. No, you're good. You're good. I wasn't good. sure your sentence was over. Yeah. Um, I think in most games have this stuff as well. So I, I you know, I, I've, I've been playing a bit of Dota. This Io, who kind of is similar, like I pocket this guy, and obviously I've been playing. I started playing League yesterday. I'm doing seven days of League, League of Legends, and I played yesterday. And I was first introduced to this character called Yumi, which I had no idea existed until now. Mm -hmm. And then I was just playing, and I was like, "What is this cat?" And then suddenly the cat merged with another person, and I was like, "Wait, guys, just so, chilling." So I was like, "The cat is just inside that person. Can I shoot the cat?" And my chat was like, "No, you cannot shoot the cat at all. You have to kill the person before you can kill the cat." And I was like, "This is like steroids, Mercy. People complain about Mercy, but like this guy just fucking AFKs inside the other person, and that's it." So it's like. There's worse fates than perhaps what is happening in yeah. Mercy, so... Um, Boger? I want to say that I've played League a lot, I've played Dota a lot, I've played Overwatch a lot, obviously. And hot. Yeah, I've played HOTS, I've played HOTS yeah. as well, yeah, yeah, I have. I, I used to be an avid gamer before my Overwatch phase, but yeah. the, the thing is, like, I don't see why people are so upset about having characters that are, like, inherently less mechanically uh, you know, you don't need to use that many mechanics. Like, 
a good mercy player, you can see the difference between a bad and a good mercy player. There is sure. differences, right? It's a lot less common to see it between a bad and a good Mora. I'm sorry, Mora players, but Mora is True. a little bit silly, right? But with Mercy, there is a lot you can do to maximize your value. A lot of people that complain that Mercy is easy, I bet you, especially the streamers and pro players, or there aren't that, that many pro players because they never see Mercy, but the streamers especially complain about Mercy being broken. I... I I really want them to do a Mercy and Rank to Jam. Because everyone keeps saying Mercy is just free elo. It is not. It's so mind-numbing to play. Remember Life Weaver on release? You couldn't do much. With Mercy, you can get some value. But at the end of the day, you're a hostage to your teammates. And whenever the game is going good for the enemy team, you always complain about Mercy. Because the game is going good. But you never complain... For the 50% or 90% of the games that are going bad when there is a Mercy on the enemy team. Of course not, because you just remember the bad times. I'm not trying to defend the Mercy Mafia or whatever. There are certainly really annoying factors, especially with damage boost. I always hated damage boost, because like Karku said, it just breaks, you know, these points. Like, people start one-shotting when they shouldn't be one-shotting. It's so annoying to play against a, uh, against a damage boosted soldier. It's so obnoxious, right? But... If you nerf Mercy, Mercy is going to be absolutely horrible. And if you nerf Soldier, it's going to be absolutely horrible. Every game has something annoying to deal with. And like you said, for example, Yumi is so much more annoying than Mercy. It is so much more annoying. But it's just a core part of the game. You can't remove it. You can't do much about it. It's just how the game is. There's a big fan base behind Yumi. There's a big fan base behind Mercy. It's just something you have to deal with. There is no perfect world for you. For every perfect mm -hmm. world that people imagine for the game there's millions of people that are going to be dissatisfied with it people want to remove every unskilled hero what is an unskilled hero for you reinhardt might be unskilled like consultative so but you, why that's stupid that opinion is stupid right so it is all a matter of perspective and if i have to get annoyed by mercy some games and have millions of people be happy about it i don't care just leave mercy as is like i am especially confused by tank players that are annoyed by Mercy that don't have a Mercy Farah, for example. Like, it's just a Mercy in a random comp. Why are you complaining about Mercy? You go Ball, you go Diva, you go Winston, you just kill her every fight. It's so easy to do. Now, whenever there's a Farah Mercy or whatever, it's different, right? But if it's just a Mercy, it's just whatever. It's Anyways, rant yeah. over. No, no, this this is a, a very fair and based rant. And I think, obviously, the only thing that people would be like, I can hear in my voice the hero bans, which would be the best solution to when you have a frustrating hero you don't want in your game. Well, occasionally ban them, but this is also a good plug for Boger's upcoming unranked to GM1 Mercy. So if you are curious, say, if you're curious, this unbiased take from Boger about streamers should do it un uh, unranked to GM1 Mercy. Well, if you're curious, you can go watch him do it. Um, okay, so that's enough of that, I think. Um, let's move on then. Karki wanted Zenyatta, so we'll give the man what he requests. From one damage boost to the other, Zenyatta. Now, we haven't heard, I think, too much complaint recently about Zenyatta. Because it was mm -hmm. a while when he was dominating the conversation about his Discord orb and whatnot. But right now, it doesn't seem so much. Do you still find frustration with Zen, Karku? Or are you happy with how he is? Like, he's good where he needs to be good. Like, you play him on the strong maps and the strong comps. Like, on Circuit Royale and, like, sometimes, like, Shambhali. Um... You play with sitcoms, but like that's that's the thing with like you know Zen can be very oppressive, but also like pretty meh, uh, just depending on the meta. And like you know a lot of people used to complain uh, with Zen and the the damage or sorry the Discord orb when like 
you know, Ryan was sort of playable or like certain there's certain tanks that are like, you know, they can't reach the Zen because he just plays so far back and then they just get like perma discorded and then, you know, you just kind of get owned. But he's kind of like, I don't know. I feel like he's a hero that has weaknesses for this, right? He's super vulnerable, super, super vulnerable. That's why you only exclusively play him on the strong maps with like very no flank, one dimensional long sight lines like circuit because the tracer can't find an angle to f f go all the way around you and get behind you. Like that, that map is designed for him because it's long front to back comp, uh, front to back design any map that's more open he's way more vulnerable for like six different angles and sombras to show up and etc etc so um yeah i don't know i think zen is actually i take one of the weaker supports and i say weak in quotations relative to the strength of the other ones at this current state interesting and you're you're fine with that as it is i'm okay with that i actually think heroes in a perfect world, heroes and comps are played based on, for me, like sort of the map design. Obviously, you know, you, I don't know how deep map design stuff goes, but like there's going to be angles and sight lines that are more beneficial for certain heroes than others. And I think building a comp around that, okay. Uh, I mean, I think Circle Royale is the biggest culprit of this. I think it has been like unanimously like one dimensional for the longest time. But I've, I have seen some people run some like, weird stuff on it lately so it's like not always the case but um yeah interesting okay yeah. emma lias how do you feel about zenny boy um yeah i mean before this season i guess discord did feel really terrible but i think it's i think it's just against tanks for the most part and mm. it's so it might just be a tank issue i mean it can't just be a tank issue i guess but yeah, well, I, don't know. I, I do think if you're forcing like a certain tank against a hero that's has to play very safe and far back, then like, you know, it's True. not going to be fun for some tanks. And that means the issue is that you can also counter like Winston. So I don't know. I don't really know what the solution is because I think right now he feels fine, but that's yeah. also because we're in a Zarya, Rissa, Bastion meta. I think I'm that is one. I'm curious thoughts on for yeah. for tanks because he used to play all these tanks against Zen's. But I still do. But the point yeah. is, I used to really hate playing uh, playing against Zen. I still do in some maps. It's just annoying, right? Like, but it's just map based at the end of the day. Uh, I feel like Zen's role in the game has been kind of replaced by Laurie because she does a lot of damage. And she's really mobile while doing it. And she can also heal a lot. And she can reach high grounds. Well, Zen is really slow, right? And I feel like there's not much point to play Zen on 90% of the maps that aren't, uh, you know, with long range. So I think there's like a few maps that are really good for Zen. And then Laria just overshadows him on every other map. For example, Zen is really good on Circuit Royale, on Havana, and on, for example, uh, Junkertown, right? Uh, those maps are really good for Zen because nobody can reach him. You can't play dive into that because he can just play super far away and just discord and just shoot and there's no fall off and just keep shooting. And it's really broken, right? Meanwhile, Lari struggles there because she has fall off, right? She can't just one-shot people across... I mean, she can't one-shot in general, but she can't just you know, DPS them across the map while Zen can. And uh, I feel like Lari's release has really, and plus Zenyatta's nerves, have led to 
Zenyatta being a lot less annoying and kind of replaced by her at the end of the day because she's just way more mobile. The game is really mobile. Like, you need to reach high grounds, you need to move around fast or you just die, and to think fast, and Zen is kind of slow. And uh, Zenyatta is either really broken or just bad most of the time. And right now, I think it's mostly bad because you, you can just dive him and kill him every fight unless it's on a map like Circuit Real or whatever I mentioned. And uh, why wouldn't you just play Laurie at the end of the day? What is the point of playing anything? Uh, uh, why, what is the point of playing Zenyatta when you can just play Laurie or Baptiste, right? Like, just play them instead. They, they just do Zen's job better. And um, yeah, that's that's my thoughts. Thank you. Mm -hmm. yeah, thank you. Uh, I, think, I think this also emphasizes the difficulty of the way we often approach balance and the devs as well is that things change before the, the the balance changes, right? Like, so, like, we introduce a new hero every so often. Well, that automatically might affect the viability of the hero that people have been complaining about. And then we kind of end up double attacking a problem or double buffing a problem where we nerf Zen and Iliari comes out. So nobody's playing Zen anyways, but he's also extra nerfed. So he's, like, even less reason to play Zen. Or, you know, mm -hmm. we'll, there's, like, a character that's weak and we're like, let's buff this character, but simultaneously we also add something that we nerf something else that makes that character better already and now that character is like ridiculous so it is like i think it probably just comes from infrequent balancing plus the long time it takes for some things to happen like a rework which as we speak there's a, a sombra podcast taking place which I, I encourage you guys to watch as well uh where we're learning about sombra's rework with fitzy and uh ruben and and alec dawson i believe which is like another example of like well let's say they rework sombra and she's very good now. And then let's say by the half season point, we try to nerf something. Well, they're reworking Hog also. So it turns out Hog is going to solve X issue, but is now going to cause third issue that we didn't anticipate. We've now nerfed a guy who actually maybe is good against Hog. But, so it's like all these problems that we create, unfortunately, I think with the, the, the sort of default, the deferred balance cycle that we have. But I think to some extent it will be unavoidable if we're not able to like balance all the time. Um, so any any other thoughts on Zen? I just the thought I had about the way Zenyatta has manifested this season because we went from everybody complaining about Zenyatta to suddenly nobody complaining about Zenyatta. But any thoughts? You're kind of largely fine as he is now. You think he's doesn't need touching in any way? Uh, I think he's fine, but then they're gonna buff him because he his numbers are low and he's gonna be broken again. Like Zen Zen is never balanced. That's the thing. Like Zen Zen like. Zen's whole core gameplay is that he deals a lot of damage, he's a glass cannon. And either he's really strong or he's just whatever, you know? And that's just Zenyatta. Like, you either there... have to change him, yeah. I was gonna say, there was a time when people looked at Zen as a very balanced hero. In Overwatch 1, for example, right? We, I, I often remember people talking about, like, well, he's great because he's got a great advantage, but he's got this glass cannon. I think that's probably because we've introduced people like Iliari, like Kiriko, who take that job, but don't or bap and and then don't have, have the same the options yes they don't they don't come as much risk interesting okay okay i appreciate that thank you for your perspective on that one guys okay well let's move on then because another one that was mentioned was moira uh and boger had a particularly interesting take about just the not being able to tell the difference between a good and a bad moira so maybe boger you want to open this up i I, I, when Moira was released, I was one-tricking Moira, and back then we had an historic system. I picked 4580. Since then, Moira has largely been unchanged. I think there's been some minor changes, but it's just the same character. Moira is like 
more as like this character you play when you start the game. And I'm sorry to all the Mario players, but like if if somebody plays me more gameplay from a good Mario player, like without showing me their rank or name, and then more gameplay from a plat player, I will not see a difference. I I I swear, ninety percent of people won't see the difference. And Mora just exists. She does her thing. You know, I hate Mora, in the sense that I just despise her. Like, it's just such a bad support. It's just so bad. Like, either she goes around and feeds, or she kills the entire backline because they're stupid, or they're being silly, right? It's just, like, her healing sucks, I'll be honest. It just sucks. Like, it's short range, it, 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 it you know, you have limited amount, and... Her damage sucks. If you're unless you're sitting AFK and doing nothing, she won't kill you. Her orbs just get eaten or whatever. You know you can just easily count. Like ninety percent of the times when there is a more on my team, especially in high, in high elo, I know I'm gonna lose the game because the character just sucks. It just sucks fundamentally. Her ult. What is the point of her ult? It just does damage. Or you can just use any other. You can just shoot them in the head. You know. Uh, her healing sucks. Her orbs suck. She flies around the map, does her thing. It's just, I don't know. I, I don't like Moira. Okay, I never so like Moira. TLDR, Moira sucks. Are there any Moira defenders in the call? I, I disagree. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm I, don't, I don't agree first. with healing. Yeah, yeah, you okay. go first. You go first. No, you go. No, you, you by all means. Uh, no, you. No, you. No, you. Okay. Okay. No, you, okay, you know. <laughs> okay, okay. I agree. I think Moira's skill floor is very low like the skill representation is like basically in like fade jumps and that's the only thing you can like mechanically prove that you practice but other than that it is very simple to just simply hold your spray the 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 suck is like a super forgiving hitbox and if for orbs you just chuck them maybe there are some like ge geometrical calculations you make in your head for the way they bounce but in general if you're shooting it into the clump of enemies it'll disappear before it needs to bounce same with the healing orb everyone's kind of low you just shoot it near you and it just like everybody sort of gets all the heal before it runs out so all of moira's skill is tied down to the decision making and like i guess a little bit of your movement and strafing um so I think she is a disproportionate hero in terms of like you can do very little like skill wise well i mean obviously game sense and decision making is a skill in itself but like mechanically you can get a generate a lot of value for her very reliable value and i've always said if you're simply just want to climb like one rank as a support and you're stuck in like bronze or silver you can actually just play moira and just play it super safe don't even have to think about backline and flanking and punishing enemies. you can actually just do that Pop your coalescence literally when you have it. I actually think coalescence is one of the stronger support ultimates, actually. I know you say you can shoot in the head, but it's, like, super high tempo. It's, like, uh, and uh, you can you can fade in coalescence now, which removes a big weakness of stunning it out of it. So it's, like, guaranteed good value. Just aim it in the general direction of your team and the enemy, and they're forced to run, or they face tank the whole thing, and it actually is pretty strong now, in my opinion. But that's besides the point. Now... You say you didn't like more because yeah, I think you actually explained it pretty well. You got forty-five eighty on her that easily. Uh, that's because you're a good player, Voger. You already have the game sense because you play all the roles. Um, but uh, but I think you also said like she's easy. But did you say you didn't like her? You think she's weak? If you have it on your team, you lose. I disagree. Yeah, exactly. I think in ranked, I actually prefer having a, a more on my team in a lot of cases because in solo queue in ranked. 
you know, even in like I play bottom top 500. I'm not playing top 100 lobbies with like all Allen contender players all the time. But like the Moira is like a reliable person that I know. Like sometimes if I have an Ana on my team and I'm playing someone else, like I can't guarantee they're gonna hit every shot in GM1. But if I have more, I'm like, okay, they're gonna cover me, and then I can go do some some funky stuff on Kiriko or whatever, and then come back. Um, but I think. Moira is a very strong individual hero, and they can pump the stat sheet. My only issue with Moira players is them flexing the scoreboard. I'm like, okay, half your healing is from yourself because you just self-healed, and then you have a lot of, like, chip poke damage. You're going to naturally pump it because you can't miss. So, like, don't get it twisted, Moira players. But I will defend <laughs> you and think that the hero is... I would say she's pretty good in, in, in ranked play when the coordination's not, like, you know, contenders' lobbies, contender owl lobbies. Emmy? Anyways, go ahead. Um, yeah, I kind of agree with Carq. Well, again, I'm kind of in the middle, but uh, yeah, her he I don't agree with the healing output. I think her healing output is actually pretty strong. I do agree that it's too short, and I think it doesn't work in uh, some instances with the way Overwatch 2 plays. Um, but she does have massive amounts of healing if you're playing a, a comp that is good for it. Um, and I am the same way. I tell lower-ranked players to just play Moira if they want to rank up. <laughs> And you kind of are, are you largely fine with her state as she is? Um, no, I actually think Moira needs like utility. I think that she uh, literally her only benefit is her numbers that she can do on healing. And um, I think she needs something else. I liked the necrotic orb personally, but well, they've I wish tried they played with it. You think they could, they could, because a lot of people were annoyed that, like, well, the, the problem with the necrotic orb, for example, specifically, is that. It's too situational. Like it sometimes is really good, but then the rest of the entire time you're doing nothing is more out. But you think they could have worked something out? Um. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like they could have played with it more. It was like they put it in the game, and then some people were like, "Ah, oh, this feels terrible because I got nobody with my blade," and then they just like took it out immediately. I think they could have. I don't know. Workshopped it a little more. They have tried with more. To be fair, I think over the years that I will say to the developers, I'm not usually. I, I feel maybe sometimes I, they think I'm a bit harsh on them, but like I, you know, I think they have tried many, many iterations. I'm sure they have, yeah. Of mm -hmm. like changing around the orb, changing around the utility. I remember so many like just either either PTR or experimental or just clips of things they tried of like, well, if you you can mass fade, you know, fade your teammates, you can fade through your teammates to give them that. something. Oh God, cleansing you can, your team yeah. with the Yeah, fade. like there was, was there was uh, there was all these attempts to try and make Moira have this utility. I think some, perhaps where the discrepancy of the opinions lies, I'm more in the Bogers spectrum of these opinions because I think we're tank. We play a fair amount of tank, and if you see a more, if I see a Moira lock in my team, I am worried. I'm like, this game <laughs> is gonna be hard. This guy's perma flanking. He's not gonna heal me. Like, I'm worried, especially if I get like a Moira Mercy, because the the problem is you get like a Moira, you know your other support has to be like a really good utility pick. Because if they pick yeah. Mercy mm. or like. Or, like, they pick Life Weaver. You're just like, okay, so my team can provide heals and that's it. If they will anti-nade me once, that's it. I'm done. Uh, I'm toast. Yeah, I agree. That's my issue okay. with Okay, yeah. You know what? That makes utility. sense from your perspective, actually, like, I, on how you would feel. I want to add to the points you've made is that I don't think Moria sucks in lower elos in the sense that you can carry so many games on Moria. You can insta-lock Moria below GM and carry every game. In my opinion, like below Masters, 100% of the games, super free. But once you hit Masters to GM and my POV, it's just so annoying to have a Moira player, right? As SVB said. And second of all, I just don't like the design of the character. I just hate it, you know? It's like, like 
why would you play Mora if you want a DPS? I, I barely see Mora players nowadays. Even the Mora OTPs, they don't play Mora. Like, why would you play Mora there's if you want a DPS? There's definitely a few. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course there is. Of course there is. Of course there is. There's always exceptions, but they're really uh, rare in my in my true. opinion. True. And uh, like in the sense that why would you play Mora when you can just play Lari nowadays or Kiriko if you want a DPS and flank and do silly stuff? Why would you play Mora? Uh, for like a rush comp when you can just play Baptiste, for example, it's just so much better to play Baptiste. I really don't like, I want to emphasize, I think Morris heals suck. I, I really believe they suck. It heals so slowly, in my opinion. You can just spray it around, but it's so slow compared to Baptiste, which is instant, just go boom, you know, boom, boom. Uh, it's like Life River can just chug healing across the map, and it's like 75 per shot if you charge it up to full. It's just so yeah, much single better. single target, though. Yeah, of course, like... of course. But honestly, how often are you all stacked in a game of Overwatch 2? Overwatch 2, everyone's spread yeah. out, everyone's playing their game. It is so rare to see everyone stacked up to heal them, like in Overwatch 1. It barely happens. Everyone's just playing their own game, especially with the new releases that are more solo centered you barely get the maximum value from the moira spread and again if you want to play a rush comp just play baptiste what is the point of playing more at that point it's for people who can't aim <laughs> i think it's okay <laughs> to have heroes that are like a bit yeah. more simple to play don't don't get me kids. wrong i think more yeah, is yeah. a tutorial hero i i, I don't think there's <laughs> anything wrong with more in the sense but i just dislike it right? like, i i think it's okay to have a character like more if somebody starts the game they can play more it's a tutorial hero it is straight okay. up a tutorial hero in my opinion i don't want to offend any more players it's okay to have characters like these i just don't like the character <laughs> Okay, I, I know also, you said the healing is slow, but I also play, I look at numbers all the time. Her healing is actually one of the highest. It's still 70 maybe. per second, and it's higher than, like, almost all the other ones. But she does run out of juice eventually. But you It also runs out of juice as well, right? Compared to Baptiste, you can keep chugging heals, and he can press shift, and it's like, all right. Well, I think 70 the other... per second. But yeah, sorry, 70 per second. No, 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 that's, no, no, you're right. Please, please, do keep interjecting. It's whenever you feel like that's what you guys are here for. So keep giving your opinion. I was oh, gonna say podcast. I think it's another another uh, no no keep going. You, you you're my friend. Interrupt. I'll I'll pull the hammer down if I feel like you're being a dick. Mm -hmm. I'll just be like shut up, Kark. You right click mute. Shut up. Let me say my um, piece. Now yeah, no, you go ahead now. I'll just you, like, you right click mute. Speak. You must. No, speak I was gonna now. say that I think that I think more is also another case of heroes left behind from the transition from Overwatch one to two because I think it made sense in a six v six situation to have a hero that like mass clump like the whole reason Mora came and the Mora comps and goats and qu slambulance the quad tank existed because you could stack six people on top of each other and just like more one more orb everybody's full hp and then you spray a little bit more so like that made sense it's also probably why we have seen the evolution of the tiktok moira is because as the game has moved away from that from everybody clumping and running together it makes no sense to run moira as a support healer right it's like well, actually, what's better is to just go doula guy, and if they can't hit a shot, your shots are auto-hitting, you know, your tick damage is auto-hitting the entire time, plus the damage orb is guaranteed damage. If it's, You're basically putting a timer, which is also why she's so strong in the metal ranks, which is why, like, she's really dominant. I think you get, whenever I see gameplay from the metal ranks, Moira everywhere, like, it's Moira mirrors, right? It's like Moira mirrors all the time, because it's guaranteed damage and guaranteed healing. Which is good, but also then, yeah, it, it kind of hard puts a ceiling on the hero, which is also fine. I agree with Karku that it's okay to have a hero that's just like, and Boger put it perhaps bluntly, but training wheels hero. Like, you know, you kind of, you, you, you wet your feet learning the me mechanisms of the game. And then if you want higher output, you go for one of the higher mechanically intensive supports. Yeah, if you're skilled enough to like, that's why, like, why not play BAP or whatever? But it's because like those people players, 
can't play path. <laughs> so they play yeah, which is which is yeah, yeah, which is totally understandable. And also bear in yeah. mind that you know not everyone needs to be like treated that way. Like yeah. some people don't have the you know the time, or they don't want to, or they they have the mechanical like the physical inability to go and grind to to be able to shoot stuff in the head. So it's totally okay with me. Like more is fine with me in that sense. I just do think she's been left behind in the transition, which is why. Mm. It's which is why I think so many people DPS Moira because it is actually ironically the best, most reliable way to get value because you can't guarantee your teammates will be clumped enough to get healing output, but you can guarantee that if you flank on someone in the backline, everything you do is gonna hit and they have like yeah. you know three seconds to kill you back, otherwise you kill them. And you make space and you have a free escape. And I know when you guys said you two as tank players, like you get a little worried because you're not sure of how they play it. It's it's especially bad when the other support is playing something that's not synergistic with it or something that can complement the flanking Moira. So then you as a tank feel like, oh god, I'm gonna lose because like I have uh I'm not gonna get any heals. But maybe it's it's different for me as a support. If I see another Moira locking, I'm like, alright, that's fine. Like I'll play around it. If I see them doing that, I'll play on or play something that can still like support my tank and I let them make space and like for the most part I think I have like a disgusting win rate with like in my in, in recent memory every time I play with the Moira I win so that's why I'm like extremely biased I actually that's why I've been defending the the TikTok no, that's totally I think fair. the playstyle is actually very viable if done right if done right the problem is like the one dimensional playstyle or like I can see why like maybe like the platinum or diamond or like the lower metal rank uh, Moira players get frustrated when they see a clip of a TikTok Moira in high elo they don't understand why it's working there then they just fixate and they just only flank and then it becomes too predictable you have to do it at the right times opportune times and you're capitalizing on certain comps where you can you know punish enemies with the flank more like you can play against a comp that has literally zero cc then you're literally guaranteed never to get stunned out you can time perfect escapes with fade and you can just be a menace and make so much space for your team but yeah i think moira's i like moira i actually support debate i think moira's fine but no, that's totally fair. I, again, I think I don't play I think her, no, I'm not a Mormon. <laughs> oh, you're like quick to distance yourself. No, I, <laughs> yeah, again, I think myself. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's. I think it again. It depends because because when I also when I play support, like I don't give a shit. Honestly, I don't give a shit what my other support picks most of the time. Like I, I will try and adapt to to the comp, but like it won't bother me if my other support picks more. Right? Like there's not there's nothing uh -huh. that my other support could pick that would bother me too much. If they're like they're gonna play Lucio, okay, I'll adapt. They're gonna play more, okay, I'll adapt. It's I think the difference is again when you're a tank player, you see that. So it bothers like, you when you play tank, but it doesn't bother you. No, when it you doesn't play bother support. me when I play support because I can uh, I can okay. fill around it, but with the tank yeah. sometimes you cannot. As a tank, you sometimes uh -huh. there's nothing you can do that will compensate for what's about to come so okay. i think that's how i think that's where the the discrepancy perhaps lies but largely i also think she's fine so let's move on then to iliari let's talk about the newest support hero uh emmy why don't you give us your thoughts on iliari um i mean i think she's a very fun character to play i think her kit is um well made in the sense that it's it's just fun um, but I think Pylon is too much, um, with how much damage she does. So I don't necessarily know what the fix is to that. Maybe like, uh, longer cooldown or like less health on the Pylon because it has become like shooting turret simulator and ranked and it's awful. But, um, she's fun to play. I like being able to shoot at other people while my Pylon just heals my teammates. I, mean, I this is I have given this no thought, but as all, on top of what you're saying, it just give me an idea, which is like maybe the pylon should just be a timed thing. You know, like how Sim TP. Yeah, that's kind of. You drop it and it times too, yeah. out. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish your thought. No, no, I just, I'm just agreeing. 
Um, yeah, I yeah, I'm not sure what the fix is because like there is a little bit of um, difference in good Alaris and bad Alaris in which good Alaris will constantly move their pylon whenever the fight is moving. So like the fight comes starts moving towards you, you take away your pylon before they can damage it. And I like that aspect of her because it makes you have to think about like your pylon placement. And I guess I'm kind of worried if you if you put it on a timer that it would nerf her too hard, I guess. Like it would be, I don't know, it would be unfun. I don't know. Okay, car cue. Okay. I think Alari's pretty close to being in a spot where she she's good. I think Pylon, instead of having it be on a timer, you just remove the shield health, so it's not as annoying for other players to poke it down. So it really forces you to put it in a good spot. It can be super annoying as like when Bogra's thing with Winston, you have to like slowly like if it's slightly peaking the hitbox, you charge your little like Winston cannon, you shoot it once, and by the time you charge it again, it's starting to heal a little bit because it <laughs> takes so long. So you could get rid of the shield health. Give it 100 health. I think it's like 150 or 125 right now. You can just put it at 100. Standardize it with the Junkrat Trap. Standardize it with a um, Bap Lamp, which is 100 right now. It doesn't need that. You, it, it Put the onus or the pressure on the Alari herself to put it in a good, reliable spot. Yeah, and I, I think like that's that a good start. And I think the nerf to the healing already from the first iteration it used to be, what, 40 HP every 0.9 seconds? It's 30 now. That's a big nerf. It's like a 25% drop-off. And I read the uh, the blog director's take where they had the stats on how much disproportionate healing the pylon was doing to the team uh, versus, like, her heal beam. And it was like the pylon was accounting for, like, 67% of all of Alari's healing, which was too much. Right? It's just free. You don't have to do anything, and the pylon's AFKing. So out of 10,000 healing, it's healing 6,700. Like, that's actually kind of crazy, right? That it's doing that much. And now it's that nerf that they added. I think they the updated article, they said it's, like, in the lower 50%, which is a bit more reasonable. Uh, the next part to, to touch her, in my opinion, again, remove the shield health, drop the HP down to 100. So there is uh, some counterplay to it if you break it. And um, I think we're in a good spot. And I think uh, all the nerfs as well, including the ones who are ultimate, have kind of put her in a reasonable spot. You're good if you can hit land your shots, and you should be rewarded for that. Uh, the headshot multiplier is not, you know, 2x. It's only 1.5. A little high, but, you know, there may be another argument that it's doing too much, but are people complaining right now so much about the Alari's, like, DPS output, or is it more about the pylon? And I think more people are still focusing on pylon rather than, like, Alari's output. It's kind of like a given right now that, you know, that's her, her role. And I think that's okay. So she's very close to being balanced. Pylon slight tweak, and I think we're in a good spot. Well, before I go to Boger, one thing I will mention that I know SK would have mentioned had she not had to sure. peace out because of her illness is the hitbox or the primary fire of Iliar. Mm -hmm. It's not it's not the same as a, a normal hit scan bullet, it's bigger. So yes. it's actually a lot more generous to get the damage out than with a normal uh you know, shooter. So I think that I think uh, uh, SK, I hope, will forgive me for saying this. I think she would say that that needs looking at um, because it's perhaps a bit too generous. And then you can think about adjusting the other parts. But I think that obviously makes it add to the idea that, like, well, as she said, if when I'm playing Ash, if I whiff my shots, I get nothing. With Iliari, I can just, I'm still free getting value because the shot is just bigger. So perhaps something to consider. Boger, your thoughts on Iliari, who you played a fair amount of as well. I think Lari, I like saying Lark is funny. I know it's mm -hmm. wrong, but Lari 
is an awesome character. I love Laurie. She's so cool. I like her damage. I like people are gonna complain that she deals too much damage. I don't I don't think that's a problem. Like her damage is really high, but it's not annoying like Zen Discord, where it kind of like Zen Discord just buffs everyone's damage plus then deals a lot of damage, and that's really annoying, especially when he's meta. With Lari, she deals a lot of damage, but you still have to aim. It's a lot more forgiving than other hit scan. So I, I don't think it's a big problem because you you miss out on a lot of healing, right? Like if you're DPSing a lot, you can't heal a lot, and her only consistent heals is her pylon at the end of the day. I think pylon needs a little bit of a change. It's just so obnoxious. First, pylon goes through shields, the healing. It's so stupid in my opinion. Because if I'm diving to Winston and I bubble the pylon off, I, I still need to focus it. And I think that's stupid. I think at it least... It doesn't heal through barriers. It does. Mm, I'm pretty sure it doesn't. Unless I'm, I'm pretty sure it does. I, have, I, I might have, be wrong. Let me check. We gotta, we gotta check I'm like it. 99% sure. Didn't expect not. this to be the part of the debate, but chat, chat check wrong. as well. Chat, Maybe chat. I'm wrong. Okay, I might be wrong. Between it, it's not gonna. I don't know. It. it feels like most of the time it heals still, but my, I might be wrong. I'm sorry, Kark, you corrected me. Mythbusters. Mythbusters. I mean, you can just. I mean, you can just move away from the shield at the end of the day, and you know, you can get healed, and you need to focus on the pylon if you want to kill it, and it takes a lot of time, especially if playing tank. And it's just annoying, like you said, right? Like maybe some, like some duration that needs to be added before it breaks. Like Amy said, I think that would be good. I think her damage is good. I think what Lari does really well is you can really recognize the good Lari players, uh, and you can see which ones are really bad and which ones are really good. Because when I play with ML7, for example, even though her healing is really low, he still manages to get insane amounts of heals and insane amounts of damage because he's really thinking about pylon placement, he's thinking about his burst healing and when you get a really good ult off uh, a lot of people are going to complain that it's unfair and it's broken I don't think her ult is unfair in my opinion her ult is actually really cool uh, it's really easy to counter Right, you can cleanse it really easily. You can eat it. You can deflect it. You can do so much. You can bubble it off. Like one bubble can just cancel it. Uh, Life Weaver Tree can destroy it as well. You can block it with that. I think it's really easily counterable. And when you see a Lari pop off in the kill fade with an ult or something, it's like wow, that's cool. That's really cool. And I think a lot of heroes have missed the mark with uh, back in the day, especially when the game was new. You had a lot of moments where like wow. Seeing the 5k with, bla uh, with Blade, 6k with K uh, with Blade was really cool, right? Uh, uh, and through time, like, it became more normalized, so a lot less, you know, wow, a lot less surprising. But with Lari, because she's new and she has this pop-off factor, I think it's really cool to see a Lari pop-off. I think it's really awesome to see the kill feed glow up with, like, whoa, Lari got, like, 4 or 5k with her ult. Because a lot of people, again, are going to say it's really easy to get value from it, but... When you shoot the Lari ult, you can actually see where it's going to land on the floor as well, right? Like, it actually shows it to the enemy team. It's actually really easy to avoid. You go behind the wall as well. And I think it takes a lot of skill to actually get a lot of kills with it if the enemy team is good. You know, obviously, if somebody's smurfing on people, you're always going to get value. But in a mm -hmm. balanced match, I think a good Lari will stand out. And it's really awesome to see it stand out. I think she needs a little bit of changes and i think she's pretty good i i really like laurie i really really like laurie people that complain about laurie i know skill issue <laughs> i think it's another example of like where the community is quick to overreact which is perfectly expected i think it's any any community ever when confronted with a new thing will 
either tend to overstate or understate its impact. So we're already seeing that with the Sombra changes. People are like, either it's broken, either it's shit. It could be both. It could be either. I don't know, but let's wait to find out. And with Iliari's ult, I think it was the same thing because off the rip, people were like, oh my god, it's like this is crazy. Everyone's just dying all the time. It's busted, busted, everyone's busted. Everyone's clumping together. Like it's, yes, it's, it's, it's I think like it's... 20, I said that it's the 2016 Diva Bomb Reddit phenomenon yes, where people yes. are getting 5Ks with it. Where it's like... Okay, and once people learn how to use natural cover and like put up a shield, you don't get like 4K bombs or whatever anymore. And now with Alari, you know, it's fucking spread out. You it's know? like, it's like a, a Sigma ult, I think, in many ways, because it's like when Sigma ults, mm. immediately the first thing you do is everybody splits, right? And it's like, okay, well now the worst thing is is gonna get one person, and that yeah, one, one person can be max. saved, right? I think I think yeah. at first people weren't. It it takes time to be fair to understand to train your response to the ult, right? Because when you hear mm -hmm. the, taste the sunrise, like, you know, you, you, first time you're going to be like, what's the sun? Ah! Right, so you're just going to get burnt, right? So it's, it takes a few times for you to be like, oh shit, I hear that, I'm splitting with my team, right? So I think like once we've gotten that now, you very rarely see the, you know, you rarely see the the 5Ks as Boger's talking about. So mm -hmm. I think that automatically solved itself. And I think that the not going through shields change helps with the frustration of like, I blocked it, but it went through anyways, right? So I think it's fine. Um, as you yeah. guys said, I think she's a really cool hero addition. I think that, yeah, maybe the pylon is frustrating. I think it's particularly frustrating for like low damage output heroes. So like Winston, where it's like, if I, for example, like, because the pylon's going to be around the corner. If I have to walk around the corner to start tasering down, it's going to take like three seconds. And it's not like the enemy team is AFK for those three seconds, right? They're shooting the crap out of me in those three seconds. I might not even get to finish it before I have to run away. So... Having it not regenerate would be good. You not know regenerate, I think just lower its HP as well. I don't think it needs to have... Yeah, like, I don't think the pylon needs to be tanking damage. It should be like, if it's getting no. hit, it's dead, right? It's like yeah. I feel like it should be quite shit in HP terms because it's like, the whole point of it is supposed to be that you place it well, not that it tanks a bunch of damage while you're shooting it. So I fully I, agree with that. I think like even Especially 50 HP is fine. I think 50 even, feels yeah. kind of low. I think 100 is like a good medium ground. Like, I think it should be like sim turret HP. Like that's how much. Yeah. I don't know what a sim turret is, but like I'm like. I think it's fifty. I think if it's sim turret HP, they should lower the cooldown because the, then it's way too easy yeah. to break. Yeah, it's really easy. Fifty I, changes breakpoints for a lot of other. I think a hundred is good. Yeah, hundred. Two <sighs> shots on Winston. Two charge shots on Winston feels yep. pretty good compared to three shots. Three charge shots on Winston feels so bad. You're just sitting AFK, just like yeah. Right, bang, right now it's one twenty-five, seventy white health, fifty shields. So isn't Hanzo at one twenty? Like Pharaoh's one twenty, Junkrat's one twenty. It's just like it tanks and it, it regenerates. So like I think a hundred flat would change it. So a lot of different heroes have options to just tap it really quick and get rid of it. Fair enough. I'll default yeah. to you guys on that one. Although I still feel like fuck that. I I, I think <laughs> I feel like once you start shooting it, it should die. I don't think there has to be a tanking element okay. to it. So you know, you my... know what else they should change? They should yeah. they should not have Alari do more damage in the sun versus dark oh, versus dark right. maps. Yes, of course. True. Yes, true. Guys, true. Yes, really, really. Um, Really, yeah, gimmicky thing, guys. Let's add that. Let's yeah, remove that. Yeah, super gimmicky. Why does she do like I think know, sometimes I, headshots on sunny maps versus? They, they should definitely. I agree. They should definitely change that. It's yeah. okay. So let's then move on to perhaps what will be a less controversial hero, but maybe will Anna. So how do we feel about Anna? We've talked about her quite fondly. I'll go to Emmy, the Anna main first. Uh, I and... love Anna. I think she's great the way she is right now. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> 
You I think a lot a of people, I've had a lot of people in my community specific, well, not a lot, a few say that they really hate her abilities, but I mean, there's a reason Anna is fun. She's going to have something. All right, uh, Karaku, you're also an Anna enjoyer. Yes, Anna good. That's Anna it. good. Wow, it's going to be the shortest Anna section. Boger, <laughs> Boger, uh, Anna good. Un can be punished. I, I think right Anna is. Oh, per I, I love Anna. It's perfect. I I think people that complain about Anna are just silly. Like what? Why are you like? I really like Anna because, as you said, and as I said, there's a lot of risk reward. If you use your nade aggressively, you cannot use it defensively. Like there's a huge cooldown. If you miss your sleep, uh, people are gonna be like, it's easy to get sleep. It, it's not that easy, you know. Like especially not on a tank character. If it's a squishy, it's so hard to hit your sleep, especially in lower elos, but because you just don't have the experience or whatever. But when you hit it, it feels good. When you get hit with the sleep, you never say, oh, she got lucky. You're always like, oh, she outplayed me. When she hits a big nade, it feels good for your team, and it feels bad for your team, uh, for the enemy team, in the sense that now you're all dead, but you can eat it, you can cleanse it, you can block it with a the shield. There's a lot of counterplay, you know? It's fun to counterplay an Ana. It's fun for an Ana to play around you as well. There's a lot of layers, again. I think it's really cool. I think her nano boost is really cool. I, everything about Ana is really cool. It, it might be really frustrating for tank players like Ramatra and Roto, because they have no way to deal with it. Not, no, none at all, but... It's just the character you play. Like, <laughs> you can't nerf Ana just because she's good against Ramatra and Roadhog. Uh, and, like, it's just the sleep dart in the nade. It's just characters getting countered by it, but it sucks. What, what, like, what? Are you going to nerf a character that's perfectly balanced because your character sucks against it? I don't know. Like, like, there's characters like Bastion that are really annoying that counter everything. And, like, they counter it by just pressing shift. Ana still needs to hit her abilities, right? And at the same time, your team can just go Kiriko and cleanse it. Like... I don't know. I think Anna's perfect. I, I I love Anna. I think Anna needs to stay the way she is. She can she fits all the time in different metas. You can always play a uh, combo with another character like a Genji. It's just really cool. I I really like Anna. Okay. Well, I will try yeah. and push back on the on the Anna Appreciation Society over here, which is that people I just think that feel like while there is all this great skill element to her shots and whatnot, the cooldowns just possess so much value to change the state of a game that perhaps that's just too much power to have in two abilities which is that nade can potentially just win in a fight on its own and a sleep dart on something ends ends an ult potentially right it's like sh shuts down a complete ult so how do you guys respond to these feelings that like yeah okay there's skills in the shooting or whatever but most of the time you dominate just by using these cooldowns I think there's a lot of counters to both her cooldowns, yeah. but on all all roles, actually. I mean, there's lots of cleanses. Diva Defense Matrix lasts for 20 years. Zarya has two bubbles. I think there's a lot of stuff that counters her. True. And it's a skill. They're skill shots. I know you say, you say, yeah, they're skill shots, but I think that is a bigger thing than people give credit for. I can understand why people don't like Suzu or Lamp. You look at the floor and press it. Um, I mean, yeah. with, with Nade, if I want to get an offensive Nade, I have to think about, like, their shields, their matrixes. Sleep Dart is a hard projectile. Slower projectile is a wind-up animation you have to get used to. There's, like, fast movements you have to account for. So I think um, that's the part where, like, it feels good when it hits and, like, there's ways to, to counter it, you know? Or ways to play around it. It's playing against the Ana. Yeah. You can you can say that about the cooldowns for like you can say that about the Rhine Shatter. I know it's an oath and everything, but like if it hits, you die. You know, like but 
again, you can suzu it, you can cleanse it, you can bubble it, you can block it with the shield. Like it's not like Kiriko, like Kark you said, you just throw it out and that's it. Like you actually need to think like you need to think when you use it. Like if an Ana hits her nade and her sleep dart every single time, she's good at the game. Like she's popping off. It feels good. When a Kiriko hits her Suzu every time, it's just Kiriko. That's it. You know, it's just it's hard to miss it, right? And uh for example with Ana, like people when there's a Roadhog in the enemy team and you have an Ana, even in my top five funded games, that Ana still can't land a single sleep dart or a single nade against that Roadhog. It's not to pick the hero land the abilities win the game. It's like you actually need to know what you're doing and how you're doing it. And I think it's really cool to have characters like that. It's okay to have simple characters. It's a lot. It's a lot, uh, It's also okay to have characters that can express their skill. And uh, you know, there's a high skill ceiling as well. Like there is a reason why ML7 is like the Ana player because he really knows how to play Ana. And that's really cool to see. Like, I, I think it's, I love Ana and people that are mad about Ana, I don't know, just bubble it, cleanse it, <laughs> matrix it. I don't know, man. Like, there's so much more annoying characters than Ana and people still focus on Ana just because she can sleep or nade you. Her cooldowns are so long and if she misses it, she's dead. No value. Well, we do you have two. nerfed it too. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go I ahead. Haven't. I was gonna, I was gonna butter you up a little. I was gonna say we got two amazing Ana players in the call as well in, in Emmy and, and CarQ, so... Obviously, mm -hmm. I love my man ML, but yeah, uh, but ML seven, come ML on now, come on, he's crazy. Come on, no, they're being humble. They're being humble. These guys are both great in their own rights as well. So I do want to point that out. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, good. yeah, no, I think I agree. As much as I would love to to sort of concoct some argument for for why I think Anna's frustration speaks to frustrations with actually other things. So I think often we talk about Winston and Ryan as these like stalwart tanks that are litmus tests for the state of the game, right? It's like when Winston and Ryan are good, everyone's happy and, and the game is good. I think in many ways Ana is like that, although I know she's been like very commonly meta for many years. I think you should look at generally the state of Ana's power as the benchmark for the other supports. So I think that like the way she operates again with the skill reward, I think is what makes any power that she has fair. Whereas I think when other supports give disproportionate amounts of power for less requirement, I think that's where frustration arises. So I think, yes, I do agree that it can be very frustrating to be anti and slept, but I think that we should look at the, the actually she has that risk reward ratio that I think is, uh, is what makes it fair. So, yeah. And I think, I think the only argument against her would be the support passive. And I Ooh, think that's yes. for like almost True. Yes, that's a fair point. That's a very fair point, which is that it made more sense in Overwatch 1 when she had to choose to nade herself. Now that she can heal yourself automatically, it definitely add, it definitely takes away a lot of that risk reward. So that is a very fair argument uh, that you brought Correct. up there, Emmy. So I, I do think, I mean, while we're here, do you guys think support passive, fine? Like, should we change it? I think you can even delay it even more. What's the what's the time for like, you know, when like you're a Zen, you know the shield health, Zarya, mm -hmm. Zen. How long does that take for that to kick in? You'd be the one who'd bad. know. You'd be the one who'd Isn't know it, if anyone I think it's would three, know. Is it three seconds? I have to check it again. But like, you can match that and I think it'd be good. But right now it got nerfed back to two seconds, I think, right? I, right I'm now, gonna, shield, okay. the, here's, here's three the hot seconds, take, right? is that what they're saying? Maybe three seconds on the support passive and match it with the shield health and it won't feel as bad and you still get the benefit of like playing in cover. So here's the hot take yeah. then. Here's the hot take. Why? why yeah. we, we keep trying to bring supports on par. I'm sure this will this, this will be a discussion, the great DPS debate coming next. But if so, if we're kind of, 
in this ideology of like, well, support should be in line and power with DPS. They should be able to DPS and kill stuff and duel stuff. DPS almost bar a few cannot heal themselves. Supports most of them can heal themselves already, right? Why do they need the passive as well? Because like to give an example, right? Let's say you're a, a DPS off angling somewhere. You get chipped out, you pretty much have to leave because unless you brought a support with you, you can't stay on the off angle anymore. Okay, maybe you have to go get a health pack, but that's still a long time out to fight, right? Compared to if I'm a support and I want to off angle, I can still heal myself most of the time. So I can maintain the off angle as long as I want and keep pressure and keep pressure. Keep... So I don't lose value for trying to do something. So there's the hot take argument that I, the DPS side of things, if the, if the supports are going to have it, do we need to give it to the DPS? And if the DPS are going to not have it, then should the supports not have it? I feel like that's such a hard thing to answer because <laughs> there's the DPS. There's so many characters on the DPS roster. There's some that can kill supports way faster than a support could kill them. But at the same time, there's also DPS that feel terrible to play against supports because of the passive and their abilities. So I don't know. It's, it's really nuanced. I think I'm on this. I lean more towards the side that the support passive is kind of OP. But I do too. Um, I just also feel like without the support passive, it's more likely that supports are just going to get, might go back to the original state where it felt terrible to play non-mobile supports. Agreed. Three seconds. That's my final take right now. Three <laughs> my seconds. final offer. Yeah, I don't have a solution, sorry. Match to the shield regeneration thing, and I think we're in an okay spot where they won't be bad. Um, yeah, I think that's probably fair. Three seconds is a long time. To, it is you, a long if, time. If you have to stop peeking, for example, for three seconds, that is a long time. So I think that's mm -hmm. fair. Also avoids I, uh, the... Go ahead, Booger. I was going to say, I'm sorry for cutting in. I think supports are just better than DPS, straight up, most of the time. Some like, supports. Uh, some, some, yeah, of course, some supports. Like, uh, I think Laurie just out-damages all the time. Baptiste just does better DPS and heals as well. Like, I feel like DPS's job right now is just to counter-pick. You know, like, like they just pick, like, a character to destroy the enemy tank or something like that, and that's it. You know, like, you, you just ruin their game. Of course, some DPS are really good. Farmers is really good. You know, Bastion is really good. Whatever, whatever, whatever. But, like, what is the... Like, like supports can heal themselves, can heal the others, and deal more damage than DPS characters. I don't mind them dealing a lot of damage, but the DPS even have a passive. What's their passive? Reload. They got rid of it. Yeah, what they got the rid of the movement speed. Movement speed made it disproportionately too strong for some of the flankers. Yeah, though. but who but, like, cares about reload? Design. Like DPS has no yeah, passive exactly. basically, and then exactly. supports and tank have a passive, which are pretty good. Like tank has a, a okay passive. I think it's pretty alright. Yeah. But D but DPS just don't have a passive, and that's what sucks about DPS in my opinion. Like I feel like if you I whenever I play DPS, I just play passion, just run around the maps like, and I just kill the tank and I win the game, and that's it. You know, like it's not fun gameplay. If I play a character that takes a little bit more skill, I I just get destroyed by you know a support character or something. Like it's still you can still carry a lot of the time, but I feel like there's a lot more emphasis on supports like Baptiste and Laurie that deal way more damage than DPS do, unless your DPS is literally Kepster, right? Like, and uh, it's just, I think it's just, that I think that's why all of DPS are frustrated with support. They can do what DPS does, or some supports can, and also heal at the same time, and also cleanse abilities or like uh, counter abilities as well.
Make sure you ask in the DPS debate on what they think a new passive oh, should yeah. be. Oh, yeah. Because I do oh, think sure. they definitely need a thing. Because the, 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 this current passive with the reload doesn't encapsulate all of them. I think, the the I think the passive... But, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Go. Oh, I was going to say, I think you should actually split the... I know, like, they, they, they like like they merge the defending and defending dps or whatever remember overwatch one where they had different yeah, categories yeah, yeah. for or builders i actually think you could have like subcategories for support uh, dps's to have a different passive depending on their sort of thing and just like be like two nothing I too think, complicated yeah. i'm gonna be real i think the the passive thing is an outdated gimmick like it's like it was mm -hmm. a marketing ploy for 5v5 yeah. to be like we have, we're going to introduce passives so that every, like, because that was their whole thing. It was like, the way we're going to 5v5, each role will have a passive now. And like, it'll, uh, it'll help them adapt to the 5v5 situation. It's like, so, for some heroes, it's really good. For some heroes, it's really, like, not, is negligible and useless. So like, could we not just balance those heroes in a way that addresses the things they need from the passive anyways, rather than like mm. this blanket thing that, for example, with Mer the Mercy, right? Uh, Mercy is the great example of support passive being shit. It's like, well, I already had this. True. So you gave me nothing. Lucio, it's like, I already had this. You gave me nothing, right? So it's like, well, on Ana, it's busted. But on Lucio, it's useless. So, like, what are we doing? And it's like the same thing with all the other roles as well, right? It's like, well, well I would argue that tanks, actually, it's good for all of them. Having I was going to say, knockback, I think the tank yes, is good. Yeah, but that, good, I mean, that doesn't actually. need to be a passive as much as it could just be a feature, which is like, they're fucking giant, beefy boys. Surely... This, so they this, all have this... a unique shared thing. I think that still fits the identity of a, of a group passive. But yes, but the idea of like a boop moving a tank is not... Re okay, you could define it as a passive, but it's not really even... It's like, it makes sense. It's like, yeah, this fucking Brazilian DJ can't boop this 20,000 ton Reinhardt man with his the power of music. Like, yeah, that makes sense to me. Like, so I think that's fine, but like, it's not even... It doesn't really even factor in as like a game defining passive it's just like okay they're not getting booped all over the place which makes sense as opposed to i think that the support passive which totally changes the whole game i do agree with that well the dps passive also changed the game the first one so which like, is why i'm saying get the fuck get the rid yeah. of it like because it it made genji busted but then there's like arg crying in the corner and he's like i got a kill now it's hard <laughs> to shoot now it's hard to get a second kill because my movement ads is different now so it's like I mm. if 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 you're applying a role passive and it doesn't actually help the role, why do we have it? True. It doesn't actually help the role. It helps Anna, it helps BAP, but doesn't well, it's help. Only Mercy, Mercy, that's the only one that didn't help. That's it. It still well, helps. Lucio again. Else. It helps Lucio. All, no, it helped Lucio. It definitely helped Lucio. I mean, how I much? I would say it didn't help Lucio. You a could lot. just heal yourself. They actually, yeah, they nerfed the self-healing from Lucio from like a 60% penalty. It was his is his aura passive, sorry, not not the support passive. Support passive was good for him. It made him super. It allowed him to like wall ride and play the Reddit Lucio more because it's, it kicked in. Dude, so you could stay I mean, on speed and get healed. You nobody Reddit Lucios anymore. I feel like, bro, uh, bro, have you played the Frogger in the same? Okay, board? <laughs> well, Frogger well, speeds in, bro, just kills the back bro, lane and dies. Uh, for real time. though, how many Reddit Lucios do you see anymore? For real, for real, because I don't, I don't see them anymore. A lot. Also, Frogger's lying then because he fucking coached me and he's like Reddit Lucio's dead. Man coached me and he's like, Dude, don't Reddit Lucio, Reddit no, Lucio played, is dead. I played with Froger, he just speeds in at Mach 10 speed and the backline dies every fight and just uh, unlucky bro, He's unlucky. only saying it to SVB because because he said you had a skill issue and you didn't know how to wall ride. Boom. Bro, bro, wow, wow. I'm adding the spice here. You're really gonna be like that, Kark, you're really gonna be like that. All right. Yeah, we'll fight it out. Bruh. At BlizzCon. Yeah, let Lucio won me, won me. I'll, I'll floor CO your ass off. <laughs> I mean, um, I still think that it's. I don't think it's. It really is necessary. I think it's. It's a gimmick 
Because if you need to add certain things to characters, you can just add them. You don't have to add it. It just creates more problems than it's worth. But that's my opinion. I mean, so. Yeah, yeah. But then that means you'd have to add it all for tanks. Would you argue that any tank didn't benefit from no, the, the tank, tank passive? So you can keep the tank passive, but it doesn't have to be so only every role has a passive. It doesn't have to be that every role has to have a passive, right? Okay. It's like the tank passive makes sense in just a physics term, I think. It, or just like a, a game, you know, they talk about the game fantasy a lot. It just makes fucking sense that the tanks don't get booped that far. Like, if you're trying to boop a petite British woman, surely this, this like... 500 kg fat hog is like gonna move a different amount to this like you know like it just makes sense to me but regardless i will defer on this point for a little bit for now as we move on uh to baptiste so we've talked a bit about bap uh boger why don't you start us off on your thoughts on bap baptiste is so annoying like bap gives so much damage he his shift is insane. Like, so when I'll I'll run you through the process of me diving a Baptiste. I am Winston. I jump Baptiste. That is, if he doesn't have anyone peeling for him, I jump Baptiste. He's alone. He should die. I jump him. He shoot 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 my bubble. He gets half HP. He fucking presses shift. He shoot 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 shoot. He gets half HP. He presses lamp, and I'm dead, or I run away. What is what is the point? Like I can't dive this character unless I spend the primer, or he's stupid. And most of the time they're not stupid, and they can also jump like a rabbit, like up in the sky and still shoot me and if god god forbid somebody peels for him like i like and his window like his window is so annoying if you're playing tank and you run into the street to fight or go near the payload or you jump in if you jump in with winston on a baptiste and they have window you just get tunnel snapped instantly it is zero counterplay right and i i, I hate it i I, I, the entire top five fun lobby, is, uh, top five fun leaderboard right now is mostly like Baptiste. Like it's just people just play Bab, they just play their game. They FK, they don't FK, they just flank and they poo 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 poo, and they just heal across the map. His healing is insane. His damage is insane. His ult is, has so much carry potential, uh, and I, I think something needs to get changed about him. At least Lamp. I don't know why they keep buffing Lamp. Lamp is so annoying of an ability. It just makes everyone immortal. And it has so much HP as well. You can put it behind the corner. You counter everything. Like, at least Suzu, like, it's just for a second, for half a second. The lamp is just sits there, right? Like, you're about to kill the entire enemy team. Nope, you don't kill them. Yeah, I gotta focus lamp now. I'm like, okay, that was that was really fun. Thanks for playing. Well, I never thought I'd hear the term at least Suzu, but all right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, I actually think Suzu's stronger than lamp, but that's just me. So, nah. so, so Karki, you kind of saying that you felt BAP is really, really strong. Do you I do, elaborate? Though, yeah. I play a lot of BAP. I do. I agree, though. I think Bap exactly when when he walked us through the Winston thing. That's exactly my gameplay loop. Oh, Winston jumping! Shoot! 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 He jumps. I'll spring into the air. Shoot! 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 Oh, he's getting me low. And then I'm back to full because of my self regen. And then if I get low again, I'll throw my lamp. And then by that time, he's probably like you know lost half his health. And if he has primal, then maybe that's the only time I die. But he had to expend primal for me. So you know. Another thing about Suzu and lamp comparison with Suzu, even though it's really annoying and cleanses makes people immortal. Sometimes you can block it with a bubble. Sometimes you can block it with matrix. With lamp, you can't do anything. It's just lamp. It's just press lamp, and that's it. There's nothing. So, so the reason why I think uh, Suzu's better is because uh, lamp still keeps you at a low HP. So, like, it, it, sometimes if I block, like, the pulse bomb with it, they're still... And they break the lamp, or, like, they live, but they're also still, like, at a very low HP, in my opinion, for the most part. And There's, um, there's some situations where it's good, 
but there's some situations where it's like way worse. Like in the sense that there's some places where Lamp is so much better than Suzu, and some mm. situations where it's True. really bad. Yeah. For example, if you play like Havana, Circuit Rail, whatever, you place Lamp behind the corner and just spamming. Like you can't die, right? Yeah. In that situation, yeah, yeah, yeah. Suzu is just worse in every way, right? Mm. Yeah, I would say it still depends on the situation, you're right? But then okay, I well, guess it's more that's... of like you saying that for sure that like Lamp is stronger than Suzu. Uh, well, that's we could just you know either way. That's neither that's neither here nor yeah. there. You know that's subjective. You guys want to be both one. strong. Yeah, it's it's okay. kind of you know besides the point. Emmy, like, do you feel like BAP is overtuned? And if so, like, what aspect do you think? Um. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just because BAP can literally, like, solo carry. Like, it's more beneficial to play BAP selfishly than for your team. Like, yes. to use your abilities on yourself is more beneficial than for your team. And I think that kind of says a lot. Like, whenever Winston jumps me, a lot of times I'll just solo window him and kill him <laughs> because yep. it's easy. Um, And MO, I think... Honestly, I feel like MO kind of got nerfed in Overwatch 2 just because of how spread out people play. And I think that's also why it's more beneficial to use it on yourself because you know you're going to save yourself. It's hard to use it on other people whenever they're all spread out. But yeah, I I feel like maybe... um, Yeah, I don't really know what the... I think he just... I mean, maybe numbers on like his damage or matrix, but it's, I, I just feel like he's going to be one of those characters that always benefits to play for yourself than for your team. Which mm-hmm. is what Overwatch 2 wants in a way, right? It's yeah. The, the promise mm-hmm. of Overwatch 2 was like, I personally okay. don't mind it. I like it as a support player because, like, if I feel like I need that, then I'm going to play that character. But therein yeah. lies the irony in the, the, the complaints of the tank role, for example, not to keep going back to it, is like, oh, yes, yeah, so the supports, you play for yourself, cool lamp for yourself. Oh, you want me to fucking make space for some other chump? You want, me to, you want me to occupy two supports and hope my team doesn't feed in the meantime while, like, I'm just here baiting cooldowns? Like, I think that's where the frustration, because the promise of, like, go, oh, do you think... I think, again, I think it should be like that. I do think BAP is, like, how it should play. should be like, yeah, I'll do this. I'll handle this yeah. myself. That um, is a good point. Uh, I just want to say when Boger said they keep buffing, they haven't buffed Lamp. Lamp's been nerfed, but I actually think it's less about the Lamp and more about everything else he does. And as someone who plays a lot of, I have the best win rate in amongst all my heroes on BAP right now. And I actually think it's, well, I mentioned it earlier in the podcast, actually, now that I think about it, exactly what I think they need to change on him. You want me to go into that? Go for it. Yes, please. Okay. Number one, he doesn't need the, the, the flat HP. Or no, he used to have flight HP, but it used to it doubles when they're less than half health. They don't need that. They can get rid of that, and he'd still be good. That's number one. That'll ru- that will that will remove some of the you know the one be- like as a Winston. It's le- <laughs> like imagine you take the bat down to half, and then he instantly chunks 100 HP. Not only for himself, but the whole team gets the like 100 HP instantly. Which is I, I, when they added that at the end of Overwatch uh, at two beta, I was like, are they crazy? I was just like, dude, Bap is S tier, and then like. I actually, like, it, it was, he already did too much. The minute they did that, that was number one. But Kiriko kind of outshined him at the beginning, which is why people didn't notice it too much, because Kiriko was also a different problem with the way Kitsune did. But that's a different story. So number one, they can get rid of the 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 flat HP thing. They don't even need that at all. Number two, I mentioned it earlier as well, it's the damage per bullet. Right now it's at 25 for a body shot. Um, 25, 25, 25 means 75. Hit all triple headshots, 150. Put it through a window, doesn't even more. Put it back down to 24, even 23 to like mess, change things up. And then you can't like 
um window like if you pop a window and you only hit triple body shots at 24 then it it, it it changes a lot in some of the matchups so they can actually revert the the damage per bullet that's number two um number three i remember when they also added the widescreen window this is like old overwatch one they never needed to do that either I don't know why they kept giving Bap more back in the day when I thought he was good and he was a high skill hero because you need to learn his tempo and how to shoot and heal and shoot and heal and shoot and heal. And like once you maximize that, then he'd be very, very powerful in high elo. But I just think it was like the they kind of balance it with complaints of Bap feeling kind of weak and his ultimate feeling. Oh, I don't know how to combo it with my Reaper or combo it with you know my uh my whatever my Farah barraging or soldier visor it's so small and then they buffed it to make it like 16 9 widescreen the old one looks so funny when you look back when it was just like a, a crt like where you play smash bro melee on like the small square but like that in itself if you selfishly was fine but like everybody I, didn't understand back in the day that you're supposed to use the window selfishly anyways and like i feel like that was them trying to push it to use like for the rest of your team like push him to be uh, more for the rest of your team but like i don't think he's a hero that plays that way or will ever play yeah. that way unless he gets reworked yeah yeah i think you're very right to bring that up because i think the problem it creates is that what i found playing against i have played a lot of bap as well and also agree with the I think he's like the strongest support right now, honestly. Um, other than like flank carry going, but um, mm. the frustration that comes against the BAP is like the reaction time to not die to a window is so small. Uh, it's like the window pops, and if you aren't hundred percent ready at that moment to like immediately find cover, there's a very strong likelihood you just die because because the, the, again, it's like the entire team, like an entire lane basically is now it's just an entire damage. lane. Yeah, it's so just like if you bring damage. it back to the square, and if you're like if I shoot through it, like you, it, it's it is a lot of damage. But like if I misplace it and it's like slightly off to the side, like your soldier beside you might still have to take half a second to like squeeze, scoot over, and benefit from it. Which will like if you nerf the window back to a smaller square, it will give even just a little semblance of more time to push through it, or like get into cover, or give you an easier time as a tank to move past it. Because that's one of the ways to counter the window is to like. You know just like commit and go past the window and push him out there's less angles that like the enemy team or the team with the bap window can use to kind of like melt your shield or melt things to to get through so yeah those sure. triple those three nerfs the flat healing the damage per bullet and you can revert the window and because it compounded with the support passive that exists in the game i still think that would make bap a good hero um but not like as oppressive as he currently is and again, I am a bat main, and I'm I'm for these nerfs because I don't think I thought it was just completely unnecessary. He's just I wanted, so strong. I want to say I was thinking about like I think Baptiste window has a lot of value and gets farmed really fast, right? Mm. But I, then I thought about it. Every support tool gets farmed. Not every single one. Some aren't, but like a lot of them get farmed really fast and have a lot of value. Do you think that's mm. an issue? Like I feel like Lari ult is. Like, if you can use it and the enemy team doesn't, like, counter, like, it can get farmed really fast most of the time. And you can use it. You mm. can win the fight. Baptiste window can get farmed really fast. You win the fight instantly if you know how to use it. Even mm. Life Weaver 3 nowadays is really strong. If you just get it first, you just win the fight straight up. I don't know about other supports, but, like, these three, for example, they can farm their roots so fast. Ana, Ana can farm her ult really fast as well. Like, especially if you're good with Ana, you can farm Nano, spam Nano, get another Nano boost ready by the time Genji gets another blade or whatever. Like, you can just throw them out and they just win the fight instantly. Like, do you mm. think that's an issue? Like, I just thought about it. I, I feel like uh, there might be a problem uh, there. That's a, 
I had something to say about that. I actually think that's a it goes into game design for for supports because damage and healing are equivalent in terms of all charge, right? For those who don't know, every hero has a fixed amount of charge they need to get. They don't actually have these numbers. I wish they did. If you pressed F1, it's like, okay, you know, like Baptiste needs 1600 charge to get his ultimate. And then there's the passive charge, which is like 300 per minute. I think that's the number it works out to. And then damage is equal to the healing for charge. So if I do 75 damage, but then I look down and heal a team, it's like 75 all charge for pew pew pew, 75 charge. I look down, I heal two people with my AoE. That's like another 100. So I just gained 160 all charge instantly. And I think heroes need to be tuned to the amount they can maximally output. So heroes like Kiriko, who can actually like Kiriko rhythm, like heal, damage, damage, heal, damage, damage, can build a super fast Katsune if they're hitting everything. Same with Bat. Bat builds his window really fast. I think Life Weavers is tuned because he is mostly focused on support, so I think, or healing, so I think his, uh, his rate is a little bit um, lower than I think the other ones. But yeah, I, I actually, that's something you've mentioned. I think Bat builds his window super fast for that reason. Super, super fast, because I can do both. That has to be, like, one of the fastest next to Ana, I would imagine. Yeah. And I think it's crazy how much value window yes. gets and how fast it gets built as well. Exactly. So you either nerf the window itself or you can change the charges as well. So you start somewhere both? and then iterate off of that, which is why I would say start with, like, the smaller square first. And if people are getting less value of it overall, then it wouldn't be as... wouldn't feel as bad if they do if he does build it quick. Because you're right, it is a guaranteed fight win, basically. Like, if you, if you, uh, assume, let's say, assume a competent level. It's like, if I wanted to win a fight, I would just wait till their tank uses his cooldown. I pop window, kill him immediately, fight over, right? Mm. Like, and, yeah, and there's if you're, so much thought into it. You can just throw it on yourself. You don't even have to yes. use it. For you literally, yes. Literally, yes. You yourself yeah. will just kill the tank. Like, it's like, again, it's like Winston jumps, window, he's now dead. There's, there's no way in this time he's escaping. I will burn his bubble and mm -hmm. his HP pool in this time. Yep. So, and, and the fact that that's the first ult in the game means that you guarantee the first team fight win almost, right? You're like, okay, this is yep. this is done. So, and, and obviously, that's why the enemy I say team nerf both the bullet damage and the window size, and then they'll compound with each other and iterate off of that. And that's yes. why I suggested those. I like the car queue patch. So let's let's yeah. go with that. Then the car queue patch for Batiste, I think, will will serve us well. Let's move on then to the other B, Brigitta. I know that's not an insult. Um, so Brigitta. How do we feel? I mean, Sam's not here, but um, how do you guys feel about Brig Emmy? Uh, I honestly, Brig is one of my least played heroes, so I don't have a strong opinion about her. Um, I think she's pretty boring in the current state just because she's meant to just protect your other support for the most part. Um, I don't really feel like she's OP right now. Um, but yeah, I don't have too too strong opinions of Brig. So Karki, you were at Owl Finals, and you know it's yep. often pro play where where people really talk about Brig's power and just being able to like you know just anchor a spot, make a, a support comp viable where it otherwise wouldn't be. How do you feel? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, thank God we're not in 2018 Brig where she could be defending and like just brawl in the front line because she was so tanky i think she's in an okay spot right now she's situational and like i think they said anna briggs the only support line that's able to survive like a 3-2-1 from overwatch league level players when they winston sombra tracer jump you at the same time it's the only thing that has a chance of living so um i think briggs i don't play her that much but like i'm never upset if i see a brig on my team to be honest because it's reliable it's safe and i think uh it's fine where she stands i don't it doesn't feel 
bad and like i think when when the the stun came out on the alt it's like annoying but it's like only in the alt so like the actual time amount of times you actually do pull that stun off is kind of low overall and when averaged out over games so you know and i think she's fine being a situational pick with the way her design is like she's never going to be a one side the problem is if she's like a, you must play it everywhere that means she's just doing too much for like she's for her for her kit and she has weaknesses so she's limited by range right like if you play flyers against the brig I, I i literally do nothing if i play brig and they're playing fair mercy like you don't you're not supposed to like you have to switch off brig or else you're just like i pack some people but i don't want to get too close to the tank to swing because like you know you can get punished now as brig because you are a lot squishier because you're 200 hp um if you, like if there's a ramatra you get punched through it or something so it's like she's fine for her situation and I think it's okay. She's not weak as a hero, but like she is, she's strong where she's strong, and she's very weak in like you know poke comps, for example. Like why you why why play break on like Circuit Royale? They're playing Bap Zen Sigma across the map. What what am I doing here? I'm just standing <laughs> like you know, and that's fine. It's kind of like Zen. Zen's good on those long sight lines, and he's good for poke, and that's fine. Briggs designs good for you know anteing or stopping like really heavy dive, and yeah. Bogart, do you have a different opinion on, on Brig as a, a Winton enjoyer? I think Brig is the defi definition of annoying. Like, uh, for the support role. Like, it is so annoying. Like, there's good Brig players and there's bad Brig players. I don't think Brigitte is necessarily broken, but if you're playing against a good Brig, you are not diving anyone. Like, it is, it is impossible to dive anyone. It is impossible to do anything as a tank. It's just so annoying. You're not going to play Brig every map, and Brig isn't good everywhere all the time. But when you play Winston or Devo or whatever, like, her entire job is to counter dives, and she does it so well. She does do it well where she's and, good, that's true. Uh, yeah, gonna, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it does. And, like, her old, like, she just pops it, and then she just stuns you, and, like, it's a lot weaker than Brigitte back in the day. It's a lot better, it's a lot more balanced. But oh my god, is it annoying. You jump in with Winston, she just whipshots you. You get to jump again, like she already has whipshot again. She whipshots you again. Like even if you manage to reach the back line, she just throws heal packs across the map, like Life Weaver throws his heals. And then when she gets her ult, she just waits for you to jump in. And then she props Q, and then she stuns you and you die. And that's it. It's game over. And playing against a good brig is so infuriating 90% uh, of the time and 90% of the time when you play Winston or Diva you just genuinely can't do anything that is the point of her though yes it is but it's still annoying it's still annoying it is as a support main I like like as an Ana main specifically I like having a brig on my team because I know I get a personal bodyguard yeah, well, I, is, I it, is, this a, is this another situation that you mentioned earlier, Burger, of like, well, the annoying characters will just exist and you kind of have to deal it, with it. it? It will exist. And what's annoying is you can't really counter it because, like, a good brig, she will just whipshot. What do you do? You place your bubble in the air and dive without bubble? No, you just die anyway. So it's just kind of the game. Like, what are you going to do? Delete brig? You can't delete brig. It's just... I, you don't meet these brigitas uh, that often. It's annoying for high elo where they're like people know how to play her but in lower elos you, you rarely play against a good break i i don't really think she's that op she's just really 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 annoying and you can't really do much about it and i think it's really easy to do something about her in the sense that uh, again if you play flyers or you play poke or whatever you just 
kill her every fight. She can't do much. So I, I think she's okay. I wish she was less annoying, but what are you going to do about it? Like, support players need some sort of peeling in the sense that they're really strong already. I'm not saying they're weak. But, uh, you know, in pro play, for example, there's nothing to do unle uh, against dive comps unless you have a break. That's why Brigana is so good, right? So, I was going to say, it's really annoying to play against, it, like, yeah. Genji, it, Tracer. It might be, it might be a necessary evil. Like, yeah. like, you know, it's annoying for tank players, but tank playing tank has always been annoying to some extent. Like, I think she's the least of the least problematic hero against tanks in the sense that I think she's annoying, but there's bigger problems well, when playing tank. Well, she's built, I think anytime a hero is built to stop something else, it will always annoy, right? Because, like, literally they mm -hmm. made Brig because they were like, we need to stop dive. So, of course, anytime you play dive and they're like, I am picking the hero whose job it is to stop you, like, it's going to be annoying, right? The same way that, like, people complain about Reaper, especially in Overwatch 1, where it's like, this guy, his job is to chase me around. So, it's, it's kind of lame and un-nuanced in many ways, where you're like, well, wow, you're just, you just beat me, I guess. But... Emmy's right, I think, in that it, it is a necessary evil. It is like, well, it's annoying to get like hard dove by Genji Tracer and have like, oh, there's no way I live here. Just like literally, unless I'm literally like twice the player this Genji Tracer are and I have like a sleep one, nade one, two shot. The, like now the Tracer also doesn't get two shot. I had to three shot the Tracer or two shot and nade her. You know, like it's like you're just, you're in a bad situation. So yeah, frustration, but perhaps largely we feel like a necessary evil. Kiriko then. How do we feel about Kiriko? Obviously, a much discussion always about Suzu in any situation, but overall, how do we feel about Kiriko? Uh, we'll go to Karku first. Um, thank God they nerfed her Kitsune. That shit was so fucking strong at the beginning of the game. It was like triple cooldown rate. Right now, it's 2x cooldown rate, but like triple cooldown rate meant you can get like three Suzus off in a span of like the entire alt. You Suzu once, pop your alt. Suzu mid mid thing, and by the end, by the time Kitsune is over, you have another Suzu. So that was a. F I'm glad they did that. I mean, I think with Kiriko right now, like I still think she's she's very good. Some people, I think my last two years I put Kiriko in S tier, like pretty high aim. They're like, no, nah, Kiriko's not that good. I feel like it's just, it's just. <sighs> She's uh she's very versatile and she has many many different play styles, and I think that's contributing to why she's, you know. Um, you know, has so many varying opinions. I'm of the opinion that I think Kiriko is like pretty high up there, like close to S tier still. Um, I play her a lot. I still see her a lot in uh, in in NA. It's mostly because of there's like a, a lot of Arissas and whatever lately, but like not so much, not as much lately. But when there was a lot of Arissas, everyone just defaulted to like you know Bap Lucio or like Bapalari. That's why Kiriko fell out. But she was never bad. Like Kiriko. Whenever I have like a Doomfist or Ball on my team, I don't know why like so, so many balls just start showing up again. I would actually just like play Kiriko because I can follow them around. She has mobility. Um, I don't know. I think I think the recent change where they where they put some of the power back into the body shot was actually a good change for the lower rank Lucy uh, Kirikos. I think you can't look at data as like a you can use data and analytics to help like inform decisions, but you can't let them make decisions for you. But I did see Kiriko traditionally was not performing too well in lower ranks, probably because like as much as people don't want to admit, like you're not going to be able to headshot every time. Triple headshot multiplier is kind of crazy where, you know, it benefits that. But like most people are having like 15% headshot or like lower or whatever. Right. So like if 85% of your shots are body shots, they gave a bit more power there, a little less on the headshot. Um, I think that's good. Kitsune Rush, still a very good ultimate. 
the healing's a little slower compared to like what Bap can output with Orisa and like Brawl stuff, but I still think I don't know. I think I think Kiriko's still pretty good and pretty common. I don't know if people have a different opinion, but I, I think she's good. Well, I'm going to let Emmy give her opinion. I'm going to quickly go to the bathroom in the meantime. So, Emmy, the floor is yours, Kiriko. And if you are uh, over, then Bogart take over. BRB. Okay. Um, I think uh, Kiriko, I think her, her imbalance is probably in Suzu and the fact that it has MO and cleanse. Um, I think her ultimate is okay. And a heal. Yeah, and heal. And a heals, yeah. actually. Well, I forgot to mention that, but I'll, I'll, I'll interject Acrobor. later. Yeah. Um... I love playing Kirko because I know I can get out of jail free twice if I want to. Um, I like being able to dive with my team if they're playing dive. She can just do everything. But I hate playing against Kirko because she can do everything and she cleanses everything. And I don't know. I feel like she probably needs a longer cooldown on uh, Suzu if that's what it's going to be. I think that's all I have. Ogre? Yes. I think Kiriko, why people are so annoyed with Kiriko first, Suzu, obviously. We've talked mm. about it. And I think second of all, what's really annoying about Kiriko is that sometimes you die to her just randomly across the map because she just froze oh, her. Oh, that too. Yeah, I, think I, it's a, to I, I don't think her, I don't think her uh, kunai are necessarily broken because it's hard to land, but you can just spam the kunai and just get random kills and it feels good for the Kiriko player, but it's so it's like kind of like Hanzo. It just feels so bad for the people playing against her because you don't feel like you're being outplayed. It just feels like RNG, right? And honestly, it is most of the time RNG. I rarely feel like most Kirikos that throw across the map kunais, they're aiming at anything. They're just shooting in general direction like, oh, okay, we got the kills. And that feels really bad. I think it's also in combination with her tiny hitbox. Oh, yes. So, like, her it's hard really for a DPS tiny. player to kill her, but it's yeah. easier for her to kill them. That, yes, of course. And um, I, I, as Karku said, I think her ult being nerfed is so, like, thank God, because 3x was insane. And uh, I think she's pretty good. Her Suzu is really annoying, in my opinion. I, I, I think she's played here and there, but I, I never feel like, like she's necessarily open. P, I think she's really, really good, of course, but I never feel like sometimes she can carry the fight. But I think, again, it's just this annoying factor of, oh, the Kiriko killed me because she landed two headshots and she mm. never does it throughout the game ever again because she just did it randomly. It's kind of like the Hanzo effect. It's just so annoying. And the Suzu is so annoying as well. And I just hate it. Like, uh, And again, she has two get off jail uh, free cards. You know, that's also really, really annoying and bad. And I don't like that. I think Kiriko is really fun to play. I think it's really unfun to play against Kiriko. Uh, is she OP? I don't know. Like, I'm just I'm just playing Life Weaver. I don't know. I think she's all right. I think she's pretty good. Mm. I don't know if she's OP or not, to be honest. But yeah, that's my yeah. thoughts. Uh, it's mostly a frustration point rather than her being like OP. That's um, how I feel too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, I I understand. Like, it's true. I do play a lot of Kiriko, and sometimes I'm just spamming my kunai's in a choke, and I'm like, oh, dink. Oh, dink again. Oh, I got one, guys. I got one. Like, there is a lot of moments where I'm like, I'm not actually, like, truly. I'm just aiming in hot spots where I think they're going to stand. And because of the travel time, they can accidentally walk into it, which is very similar to Hanzo. I hate playing against Hanzo's for that reason, where it's like they weren't actually even aiming at me, but I actually just died to it because I randomly walked into it. So, yeah, there are other uh, characters, I guess, that I do that too. But yeah. those are also considered frustrating, as we said, with Hanzo or the Zenyatta yeah. right click. At least with the Zenyatta right click, it feels like a little bit fairer because it's like the, the, the spread of the right click can mean that you can dodge it. But like the, the 
fire rate of the kunai across the map is like often even hard to react to because by the time you get hit by the first one the second one's already on on you and you're like oh i'm dead i mm. I, I didn't obviously catch exactly what all of you said but to chime in i i, I pretty much hate kiriko I, I very rarely say the term i hate a character i don't i don't feel that way about most characters like i know maybe hanzo is my other one where it's like i fucking hate this guy the kiriko just because i feel like it's really lame I think just the, the the mechanisms of the hero I feel are really lame, because the flank Kiriko playstyle feels wrong in many ways. Like I understand when they made Kiriko, they were like, we want to make a hero that the DPS players will enjoy, but to me, it just feels really obnoxious that a support walks into my backline, two taps characters faster than I can kill them, like faster than I can kill her, right? Like which character can match the time to kill uh, of a Kiriko? Then, should I try to punish her? She has first a Suzu that makes her intangible. And if I antenated her or something, if I did something to her, it goes. And then she teleports away into through a wall where I cannot follow. So it I think it's like... It might be interesting if she couldn't Suzu herself. She could only Suzu her team. That would be interesting. Because yeah, then that. she would just have TP as her one free card, I guess. I think Suzu should only cleanse and not make immortal. Or at least, like, one of those two. Like, it's just both is so annoying like it's, sometimes you almost kill them they suzu their immortal now and sometimes you anti-nade them or hit a big ult and then they just suzu it and they're like uh, they're standing up again or just playing the game again like even though you outplayed them like having both is so annoying it's just like they had more too they actually had more it has healing as well they got rid of the boop it still has but healing not I was actually gonna say you I do not think heal. it needs healing at all I think no. it does so many things at once it's so annoying no, they, the, they, cooldown they, is on, the cooldown is honestly not that long i'm sorry yeah no no i was gonna say they they have to i think fundamentally they've dodged till now they have to change one of the features of it they removed the boop which is the like dumbest i guess anyways and made no sense in the first place but it has to either not make you intangible or invulnerable right like it cannot do everything it cannot also cleanse and intangible and invulnerable right so some like something has to be changed i think for for the frustration to go away because otherwise it's just like the number of times you're just like doing something, Suzu, okay, that's it. That's the whole thing over second life. So I think I think they have they cannot dodge this issue. They have to change something. If that's the biggest thing, then I would say cut the healing. And if you're going to keep the intangible, have it even a shorter period. Because like it's a pretty long like, you know, when you're when you're. When you're milked out, you know, when you're when you're when you're yeah. vulnerable and your whole team is what? white. <laughs> yes, I don't, that's what I used to call it in my head. I'm like, I'm. Or, remember when the game came out? They people call it Bell, or I call it Milk. I have heard uh, this. Maybe it's sadly. just me. I was like, I'm milked. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, they have a diva bomb. Milk me. I did that. I did that in you that? all okay. the time, and people were like, what? Like what? Because you people were like, what are you talking about? It's like, I kept. They don't have milk, guys. They they milked me. They have no milk. Milk. Yeah. But in any case, if you shorten the window of the milky portion, then you have to be more precise with timing it. If you want to counter a diva bomb and you want to suzu your team, it's like a ding, and it's like really quick, a small period, kind of like uh, you know when Cast does the the roll, he has like damage uh, reduction now, so you can tank like a tracer pulse bomb. It's like a really fast animation. You could shorten that period to be like a more skillful, more deliberate there. That's a good idea, actually. Fair enough. I if still you, think if you want to if you want to go the route of keeping that or just gut it all together, but yes. then I don't know. I think people might consider that making Kiriko a little too weak now. But I mean, who knows? You know, it's just yeah. I I I think that's a fair suggestion if they want to keep it. I do think that it's 
it's just not great to be targeting something and then it goes be, like uh, it's unable to be targeted all of a sudden and mm. unlike unlike a moira reaper there's no drawback whereas as a you know moira reaper you're not doing anything in that time whereas this character can still do things back so yes anyways we shall move on then to life weaver so of course i will ask boger's opinion first boger i really played i life, i've yeah? played i've been playing a lot of life weaver with ml ml's honestly i've never seen ml so uh surprised and like honestly proud of anyone in my life he's so proud of my life river gameplay Aww. he's just i click on his stream he's like Bore is the best life river player ever and that's really awesome right but um outside of me just talking about how cool it is for ml to acknowledge me in that way but um i think life river is obviously annoying for many people but i think there is a big difference between bad and good life river players um you can do a lot of things on this character and if you're like i feel like you're I feel like Life Weaver just plays a different game. I feel like he's playing a strategy game most of the time, in the sense that um, you you can't really be dove on Life Weaver unless you're really silly or the or your team is getting rolled. Like if you're just smart, you never get dove, you never die, uh, and you're just playing somewhere far away and you're just healing, chugging heals out, uh, pulling people. You're like you're thinking about their abilities, their odds. Like uh, you think about the Nano Genji blade that's coming in, so you need to position yourself separately so you can pull the target and you need to think about their genji blading you so you can save your abilities to get out of it and like how are you going to use your tree like his i like his kit in the sense that there's a lot of versatility in it a lot of people are going to complain that he's brainless i don't think he's brainless there's a lot of really cool things you can do like blocking a signal with your tree is awesome blocking the enemy team using it as a may wall is awesome uh using the tree to block line of sights or stuff like that is also awesome the pool being used in different ways either aggressively or defensively i think that's cool i think like the platform has so many different ways you can use it either to dodge ults uh get to high grounds uh enable your teammates or like I know that it's really annoying for people. Again, I agree that it's really, really annoying when you play against a Life Weaver because there's no counterplay to most of his things. But um, as somebody who plays a lot of Life Weaver, I think it's really chill. I think it's really fun. I think if you uh, also his damage is actually quite a lot if you can aim. Like you can poke a lot, right? You can definitely poke a lot. He's so much better than on release. Uh, I know for a fact he's so much better. Uh, he's fun to play. There's a lot of things you can do. There's a lot of, um, I think there's a high skill ceiling and uh, honestly, I'm, I'm happy with it. I think they filled in a niche in the sense that a lot of the support characters that were released, most of them just deal a lot of damage and, you know, run around the map and DPS all the time. But Life Fever, he's, he has to think a lot about what he does. And if you can counter their ults correctly, if you can land your abilities correctly, you can think, you need to think about LOS, you can get a lot of value. And I think that's awesome. I don't know. I like I like Life Fever. He is annoying in some situations, but I don't know. I enjoy it. Let me enjoy something. <laughs> Emmy, uh, have you found Life Fever to be fair or frustrating? Um, I think he's extremely frustrating to play against right now. I thought obviously he was terrible before this season. Um, but now he's just so hard to kill, like Boger said, with his um dash and his platform. I've noticed life weavers typically reserve that for themselves a lot of times, and it's it, it makes it nearly impossible to kill him because the cooldowns are short and um, he gets healing from his dash. Um, but I do think he does fit a, a role that wasn't previously filled where you could just heal bot. I mean, 
I shouldn't say just heal bot, but where you can mostly heal bot and also use just strictly utility abilities. You don't have to focus on damaging and healing your team and using your utility abilities. I think you just fit like a, a specific type of support that people have been wanting to play or s some people have been wanting to play. Sorry, yeah. Boger, he's not a heal bot. <laughs> it's actually support not healer yeah, I think yeah, one thing that's really broken about Life Reaver is the support passive plus his shield regen plus his dash you can't kill him like, yeah that's what you, I'm saying you, I, you, that's you, why I think he's yeah. frustrating you hop on a platform you dash away like two seconds pass your he uh, passive healing and then the shield gen you're insta full HP like instantly and then he has short cooldowns yeah, it's just so, so like I feel like maybe they should change him a bit in the sense that he should be more diveable because I don't think he's really diveable he's just playing the game somewhere in Narnia in Horizon Lunar Colony you can't reach him ever unless he's playing badly and uh, he can just you know fix all of his teammates mistakes right but again like there's a lot of risk there isn't really that much risk reward, but like if you if you if you're <laughs> silly with I mean, if you make a mistake with your platform or your pool, you're just gonna lose the fight straight up. Like if you make a bad pool, just that's it. Like uh, I don't you, feel that way about platform though, because maybe platform not. Has a quick cool yeah, down. platform. Yeah, of course, but like uh, you can still bad screw pool up your sure. Yeah, bad pool can ruin the game, like oh, the yeah. fight and everything. Like it can just like you can straight up lose. In that sense, maybe it's risk reward. I don't think so. It's, it's easy not to fuck it, but like you can. No, you that's because can... you're a good player. Yeah, like, maybe. Yeah. You know, if you don't understand the game for a second, yeah, yeah. that's because you're good. But like, uh, there's been I, I don't know. I, I think I think the the, the I think the grip does 100 percent mess mess up the entire game if you just if you're not. You said it's hard to mess up, but I think it's very easy to mess up. You have to read the game well, but you know how to read the game, so it's different and for you. And one bad pool makes everybody on your team mad at you. Oh, no. Yes. For, like, know, the rest of the game. Bro, you don't understand. I, I always go, like, I sometimes misclick, and people, and I instantly, sorry, sorry, I'm so sorry. It was a mistake. Yep. It was a misclick, misclick. Like, Emil, like, he literally talked to me. He's like, you got to stop apologizing. I was like, bro, you don't understand. <laughs> people just throw my games instantly yep. after that. They're like, swap, swap, swap. Yes, there's definitely the, yeah, I mean, I felt that because I remember I playing Life we were on launch and like people just like, you can have like eight good pulls in a row and then the one good pull that you pull some guy and he's like, I was going to slam right there. It's like, I didn't fucking know you were 10 HP, bro. Yeah. I, I don't give a shit. But yeah, so I think that they overtuned him a little bit. I think with the healing numbers, I think is, I think that's where the brainless accusations come in. Because I was like one of the biggest Life Reaver defenders on launch, right? I was like, I, you guys have not tap the potential this hero we gotta wait there's gonna there's gonna be a lot more depth behind this clearly we people have already started to figure out things like well you know the platform works like this and the pull can work like this the platform can counter these ults but they buffed too many elements i think of of his kit the the tree is now ridiculous like the tree in a fight is and like this fight he gets yeah okay it's, Let me it's a busted rally thing. yes yeah but you can break it really fast like 90 percent of the comms like in high yellows or whatever, it's kind of like Maywall in the sense that if the enemy team is actually smart, my tree just dies instantly. Like, especially if there's a Bastion, a Reaper, or whatever, you know, it just breaks instantly. It's so Yeah, but it's like, yeah. it's already will have given its value at that point. Like, if you drop tree, you heal everybody up to full, and the time they kill it, that's damage they're not doing to your team while your team has time to regen and do damage to them. So even if it dies within five, like two seconds, it's done its job. And often it doesn't. So I think it's like I think it's far vastly overtuned. Um, the I think only thing that kills it that fast is Bastion. A lot of times, 
I, I, I disagree. I, I feel like if you play a lot of life here, you gotta. I mean, I I don't disagree with SVB, but I disagree with that only Bastion can kill him because no, I thousand... shouldn't say only Bastion, but I feel like Bastion is the uh, primary uh, one that makes it die fast. It makes it really die fast. If, but if the enemy team like it doesn't again, it's just my uh, biased view of the game because I play on a different level than most people. I'm sorry, that might sound egoistical, but it's true. But <laughs> wow. but a lot of the times, that. That, but what what happens is like people go focus tree, focus tree, and the tree dies instantly. It doesn't matter what comp you are. Like if you have like a tracer, even like a a Baptiste, a, a Zen, or whatever, it just dies instantly. Especially if there's a Bastion. Right. Still. I st so that's a fair point, but I still think that, and I think with the healed numbers that they tuned up as well, it's just like. I have this kind of feeling because so, the dev blog, re one of the dev blogs recently said that basically the highest healing outputs are Life Weaver and Mercy at the moment, right? Like the in terms of the raw numbers that they're seeing, these are the supports that are doing the most healing. That's something's really wrong, I think, if that's the case, because these are both single target healers who don't require aim. And I, I don't have anything against not requiring aim for a hero. I think there should be. And again, that's why I was a big defender of Life Weaver, because I think there's a real skill to, to requiring a support that doesn't just, you know, that doesn't just have to aim. Like, the, the utility is the pulling and the, the tactical manipulation of the fight. But what that encourages is that's what the, that's where the brainless accusations come because this, is a, this now becomes a support where it's like you just hold M1 and things don't die. And that's where people start getting frustrated. They're like, nothing dies. Well, yeah, because this character, just hold the button and spams this one target trying to kill will never die and again this is compounding factors of a game where we're trying to make it about solo play about a game where like you feel autonomous that you can go and kill stuff no you can't because again these these heroes they, they, they will not let this thing die and there's nothing really required for them to do you know sk would say like you're asleep at the monitor and this character will not die so i think like i really want life weaver to be good i'm a huge fan of life weaver but I think that cannot come in the form of just raw healing output that this guy will just heal more than anyone else. That's like something's wrong. So I think they need to think about that a little bit. I'm glad they buffed him into some form, some form of viability, but it feels a little bit obnoxious. Uh, also think they should probably consider where he can yoink. I think one of the annoying things is when you yoink someone out of like a grav or something or like a sigma ult. This feels a little bit annoying, but I think I, 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 I think that, that <laughs> I, I I like that. I think it's okay, but like I wish there was some counterplay or maybe make the cooldown bigger, like longer. I think it's really short. Um, Mercy can res every thirty seconds. People still are annoyed. I think Life Weaver Pool is a better Mercy res. It might be a hot opinion here, but like genuinely believe Life Weaver Pool is. 100% in every situation better than res. You can't change my mind about it. You can pull <laughs> people across the map. You don't need to be next to it. You don't That's because like, it also you, heals. Yeah, it also heals. Heal, wait, at first it heals, much lower cooldown, uh, much longer distance. It's instant, and the person doesn't even die in the first place. Uh, like, Life Weaver pull uh, is so much better than Mercy res. I think Life Weaver pull might need to get a longer cooldown. So there's a bigger risk in using it, and you can't just spam it all the time, because you, you kind of can't spam it a lot now. That's fair. I think that's a fair compromise. I'd be alright with that. Um, yeah, any other thoughts, Kark, you on, on Life Weaver? Yeah, if they're not trolling with the pull, it is a good ability, of course. Um, I do think... I actually agree with SVB saying, like, you get the value instantly when you put the tree down, because it's 100 instant HP the moment you put it down, which can save your life, and you can use the tree as, like, a body. Oh yeah, of course. I think Life Weaver... And uh, even Life if they're not really low... Good. 
Even if they're yeah. not low, it's now like a budget rally, right? You just get overheld. Yeah, it is. It is. So even I if think it's full, pretty good, the tree. I think it's pretty In fact, good. I say uh, budget rally, it's better than rally. Like in, it in, is better in, than rally. It is. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah but I think still, I, I'm a fan of Life Fever. All said and done, I think he's a he's a cool hero. So Same. I also think the whole like, you know, well, you control with him, but I think there's like at, at a good level, which, which, which support can you just play and not be trolling if you're just like... Because I, I, I played with Life Fever, so like I'm, I was playing Tracy the other day. And Lifer kept pulling me, and I'm like, bro, you have no idea how my hero works. Stop. Like, just stop. You're literally I had ruining. someone do that to me on Sombra. I was You're like, I'm yes. Sombra. <laughs> oh, I had that too. Yeah, I had that too. I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I'm on. So I'm, I'm on this mega. I'm waiting for it to. You're fucking pulling me. Like, so it's like, <laughs> sometimes that happens. But I think, like, that person is so stupid that no matter what character you put them on, they would fail. Yeah. So it's like, that's universal, I think. So as long as you're vaguely competent and you understand the vague flow of a fight, it it's hard to fuck up the pull. Um, okay, let's move on then to Lucio. So, uh, Frogger was here earlier and, and taking some heat because apparently he lied to me about Reddit Lucioing. Um, <laughs> he says worse hero in the game in chat. I'm obviously now inclined to never believe another <laughs> word he says. Um, let's go with Karku. Karku, how do you feel about Lucio? I think Lucio is really good still. Um, if you're competent, he's, uh, you know. He's got a flexible playstyle. You can choose between if you're playing with Brawl and uh, you play for your team. And if things aren't working, you if you have good wall ride mechanics, you can do your own thing and annoy the shit out of snipers. I don't think there's a single uh, Widow player that would also be like, like super annoyed, or even actually as a support player, where like sometimes like this Lucio is just dancing so annoyingly and just poking me in the back line. It is super annoying but then i'm like okay i respect it because like they've they've like spent a thousand hours on lucio rollout custom games and you know not everybody can do that <clears throat> but i don't know i think i think lucio's fine i don't actually have any problems with him to be honest with you like his ttk is slow green oreos like if they i'm actually very impressed if they can like predict me and then two four shot into a boot melee and i just die in one blood i'm like hmm like, Dang. Well, that's hard to do it's hard to do it really is hard to do and uh you know having good wall ride mechanics and good boop timing like i think when we watch the overwatch league they um when they play against the dragon blade it's like the perfect boop at the right time or like when Junker queen's about to go for the carnage act they always get booped at the right time like i can respect good lucios for sure um yeah i have no i have no issue with them and his alt is slow to build if like you're not if you're focused on speed and everything, then you will build your all really slow. But I will say, like, amping heal is actually pretty good, too. Because if a lot of people misuse the speed, it's like, using speed's good at high elos, and if not, everyone's on the same page in low elos, like, amping heals is actually pretty strong, in my opinion. Well, again, if nice. I were to trust the advice of the now untrustworthy uh, Frogger, he was, you know, he was like, amp heal, man. It, it just heal bot and amp heal. Like, build your ult, then play around beat. So I think the that part is still good. I don't think people have clocked on. But Emmy, you were nodding. You feel like he's he's cool, he's good. I think Lucio is one of the only supports that doesn't get complained about. <laughs> I think he's just a good hero. And um I mean, I don't play Lucio, so I don't know how bad he is right now, but he seems good. Um, like higher elo especially benefits from speed boost, obviously. Um, lower elo does not because they're not coordinated. Um, and I think his boop is fun and interactive. I agree with CarQ that when I die to a Lucio, it's literally just skill issue. <laughs> like, yeah. You have to be good at the character to kill me. 
Yeah, I'm glad Boger is now back up because slowly he was descending lower and lower down the camera. <laughs> he start, started as a bingus, then he was just ahead. But now you're back. There's a, there's one thing I keep hearing, Boger, which is that like, or people at least say this to in my chat a lot. It's like, well, yeah, Lucio, you know, I see him played in Owl a lot, but it's fucking useless in rank. Like, I, I never get like I, I never get any value out of Lucio. Do you think like he's bad in ranked? I I, I would disagree with both Emmy and Karki. I think 90% of the time when I see a Lucio in my team and it's not FT God, Frogger, SK, or Funny Astro, I know I'm gonna lose the game. <laughs> uh, straight up. Uh -oh. <laughs> uh, straight up. If unless it's like five predetermined Lucio players, I know I'm losing the game. These like Lucio is so hard to play. Like so hard to play. Like you have to be so good on Lucio. Like outside of you know when he's good, when he's meta, like when you just have to be a speed bot and a heal bot, it's whatever. But right now, Lucio is so difficult to play and get value from. I genuinely feel like you're throwing if you pick Lucio in my game. Like it is so horrible. Like unless you're you know how to play the game. A good Lucio is so inspiring. Like he he knows how to PO. He's like Brig, but better in a way. Like he knows how to PO. He boosts people. You he he's so like a good Lucio is so smart with keeping his team alive. Like you can really see it, and it's really impressive, and it's really awesome. And, like them spinning around and hitting the shots. That's really difficult. But 99% of Lucio players cannot do that, and 99% of Lucio players suck at the game. And just pick something else. Just pick something that deals a lot of damage while you're sitting AFK. I don't want Lucio players in my game. <laughs> like Lucio is just be good if your team knows how to play the game together. But it's a rank. Nobody knows how to play the game yeah. together. Everyone's just running around aimlessly, especially now with all of these characters that are solo oriented. There is no point in Lucio when nobody's stacked up to push together. You call out to push in together, to take space together. Nobody's gonna listen. It's gonna be scuffed. You're gonna make mistakes. Lucio's not gonna speed when needed. I don't even try it. It's so obnoxious to try to even do that. I just like kind of hold the Lucio swaps because I know he's gonna feed the game. Uh, there's no point playing Lucio most of the time now he's really fun it's it's always fair to play against him it's never it don't, never feels unfair uh, but i i disagree that he's good in ranked i think he's really good in team play i think he's really good and maybe in low or elos if you're like really good and looser and you're like a god gamer and you're running around you can climb with it but at that point just play something else you know, I was just play, say, that would just be, play, just play that would mean you're not at that elo. Playing, yeah, just yeah, just yeah, exactly. Just play more or something if you want to like climb out of these elos. And in high elo, like, where is Lucio good? King's row and some other rush map. Like, ninety percent of the mouse is just bad. Like, if, if I have a Lucio in Havana, I. I'm just leaving the game. There's no point <laughs> playing game. There's no yeah. point playing that game. This, even. this is again, I think, where the role discrepancy play. Because I, I, I know exactly where Boger is coming from. Because like when you play tank, it's so different when you're playing support and you're like, this is my other support versus when you're playing tank and you see someone lock a support. I think that's where these discrepancies come. Because Boger's right. Although he, the way he described a good Lucio was like some sort of out of some like good housekeeping book where it's like a good wife will. Will be, will be keeping her home tidy. It's like a good Lucio will be there for you. He'll peel for you, but he'll also do damage. He'll look really handsome. He'll kiss you good night. It's true. Like, it's true. Have it's, you played against? No, no, you no. I know exactly yeah, yeah, what you're true. talking about. It's it's it's. I think Lucio suffers from the ball and doom problem, where it's like you never see a good player on this hero because the good players are like one percent. It takes forever to grind and practice this hero, and they've all climbed to the highest level, right? That's it. Like that's it. There's very little in between. Because there's not a, he's not a hero. As much as Kark, you may shit talk my Lucio. It's not a hero you can just hop into and start wall riding into into you know all these tricks and whatever, right? It's like it can't pick it up in a week, my guy. Um, mm. So so you're just like either you're playing the hero at half level already by default because you're not familiar with the intricate mechanics, 
or there's no point, right? Otherwise, like just switch over, or you're spending your whole time one tricking. Uh, I think he's really good in flashpoints still, and a lot of he cough is, maps. Got, yeah, because so. it's really big the map, and I think cough mask is also good. But there's another fact about Lucio, which doesn't really happen that often with other supports. Like when I play Life Weaver, I don't care what my other support is. But when I have a Lucio, no. you, your other support needs to be like a certain set of supports. Because if you have Lucio Zen, you're losing. Lucio Moira, uh, no, not Moira, Mo Lucio Mercy, Mercy. you're losing. Uh, I, Lucio Life Weaver, I don't like either. Honestly, I, I think I'm losing that game as well if I have a Lucio as well. And, like, there are certain supports that fit with Lucio and certain supports that don't fit. You can't just pick Lucio and hope the other person picks the correct support. Because a lot of the times you might just lose the game from that. I mean, that's true of other characters, though, too. But, but yes, no, like, I agree. Uh, Anna, Anna goes well with everything. Yeah, you pick like, Anna, you're okay, fine. Well, well, you pick Bap, yeah, you're fine. Like, Bap, Bap is everything. Zen? Yeah. You Zen kick Kiriko, is... you're fine. But Zen is good with every hero except Lucian. Like, it depends on the map. Depends on the map. Yeah, like, I, again, I don't know map. Again, Zen is just not that good at the moment, anyways. But, like, when he's really good, he's just good with most heroes, anyways. Like, but with Lucio. It's just, you know. He is Fro the most dependent, I think, on the other supports. Then Fro Frogger says, uh, "Lucio doesn't. Nah, Lucio doesn't need a buff. It's just all the other supports can do what he does." Ten. Oh, yeah, I agree. I don't think Lucio here. needs a. I don't think Lucio needs a buff. Don't get me wrong. I definitely don't. I think it's just not his meta right now, or at least like he's always been in this spot. Like it's just Lucio. You know, Lucio's really cool, and he's like, kind of like Winston. I, I don't think Winston needs a buff just because he's not meta right now. I think it's just the meta is like it doesn't fit him, and that's it. Like eventually, it's gonna fit him again. It's gonna be really good, and it's gonna mm -hmm. be really fun. But I, if you start buffing these characters when the meta doesn't fit them, then power creep happens, and they become annoying. Just leave him. A hero doesn't have to be always meta. It's okay for the hero to be sometimes okay or only okay in the hands of good players. Yes, I think that's yeah, a very. I mean, with thirty-seven heroes or whatever, like there's no way if everyone's meta, then like that doesn't make sense, you know. I also hate the uh, let's arbitrarily buff someone into the meta philosophy. Like, I just, it fundamentally disagree with the, well, this season it's Bastion season. This season it's X season. Like, please, no, not all heroes have to be meta. Let's just, like, keep a semblance of sanity about how the hero works internally. And then the wider external, like, metas and other people being good or bad can can change things on its own. Uh, and you never know, maybe maybe next, not well, not next season now, but the next season when we get a new hero, maybe that will be Lucio favorite. If it's a new tank that favors Lucio, maybe Lucio becomes good all of a sudden. So, Or maybe Hog. I actually kind of forgot to mention this in the Kiriko section, but when they rework Hog, Kiriko might just come back in a big way because the whole one of the whole benefits of Kiriko back then was it was Hog, Soldier, and Widow meta, and Kiriko just chased the Hog around and cleansed him every five seconds when Neana tried to nade him, and now he's unstoppable. Hmm? But I said it might change with Sombra too, if Sombra becomes meta. Yes, true. So you never know what might change just out of the fact of these other reworks or buffs coming. So let us see. That leaves... No, we got everyone. I think Lucio was the last one. We talked more Mercy, more and Zenyatta, so Lucio was the last one. So I guess we head over to some bigger picture concluding thoughts then, guys. Next season, like we said, they, are, they said they're, they've earmarked some changes. Uh, we got Sombra rework, Virus, uh, eventually a Hog rework. What do we think is going to be the future of the state of supports? And if anything, does anything need to change? So I'll go to Karku first. Uh, three seconds support passive. That's just my, that's like my biggest thing. And then the individual changes I mentioned. Yeah, that's the, my concluding 
including takeaway of everything. The car cube patch, as we call it, with yeah. the bath changes. Okay. Yeah, the bath changes I listed earlier, yeah. Short and sweet. I like that. Uh, Emmy, what do you think? Yeah, I, uh, I think the support passive is too much. I think it's all, maybe not always, but I think it's been too much for a while. And for whatever reason, they just have never addressed it fully. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think there's like minor changes with, uh, specific characters that, um, could make them feel better to play against. But overall, I think there's just going to be abilities that are unfun to play against and it's just how it's going to be. Okay. And you don't, you don't really feel like supports are fundamentally busted or anything like, you know, overpowered. I think supports have some of the best abilities in the game but i don't think they're op because i think they can still be outside of suzu <laughs> i should say i still think they can be countered and um worked around that's fair boger the the role flexor you foresee think... yourself playing mostly support or tank i mean i i don't see in a world where i'm gonna be queuing up tank with bastion running around melting me all the time like support is fun support is chill i think support passive needs to change as we said i think certain supports need some changes as well because it's just so annoying but like again what's really just obnoxious is that you can just stack all of these you know uh get off jail free cards you know bop lamps cleanse uh bop shift uh like Tank is annoying when Tank can play the game because he's really, like, the tank is really good. He's, like, he can solo the entire team when when that happens, when you don't counter him. But, like, there's one tank. If you counter him, that's it, right? But with support, there's two supports. And it's really hard to pick one hero and counter supports. It's really hard to, like, even 1v1 supports most of the time, right? And uh, I like support in the sense that it's fun to play. I don't like... And like I, I think a lot of people blow things out of proportion for a lot of the supports. Uh, the changes we discussed for Kiriku, the changes we discussed for Baptiste, I, but support passive, I think they should be implemented. And um, I don't know. I, I just I, I like support. I like having fun support, and I think support will still be fun even if they make these changes. I think support is going to be ruined. A lot of support players are crying that oh, don't do it. They're gonna support is going to be useless. It's not going to be useless. It's still going to be fun. Like just. Just remove certain things or change some things, and it's still gonna be fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's gonna be things that are annoying to play against, no matter what. I don't like playing against Diva Defense Matrix. I don't like playing against. <laughs> Same. I you know, hate Arissa rotating so her much. fortify. Oh, she's gold. Oh, now she's spinning. Oh, she popped her alt and she's gold again. Oh, now she's gold, and oh, I got speared across the map. Like there's. It's always annoying from a certain POV. Like for supports, it's annoying to deal with a Orisa, but then for an Orisa, it's annoying to deal with a Symmetra Bastion Zen. Like it's just mm -hmm. the game. Like any game, game is like that. It's Agreed. just whatever. Yeah. Just change some things, freshen up things, and just add some other. Like just add a DPS passive. The DPS, there's yes. no DPS passive. Please just add something. Or remove passives. I was going to say, or get rid of, just get rid of them. I, I think get rid of passives. That's my agenda. And now we'll see what they have next week to say on the DPS debate. I think I think the support role is the benchmark of how other roles should be approached. In the sense that I think that support feels the way Overwatch 2 is supposed to feel. Which That's is that, like I said. way to put it. Which is the way, like I said, when I pl I've been playing all three roles recently. And whenever I play support, I come out of every game, even whether I win or lose. I'm like, yeah, I could have done this. I could have done that. This is this this moment would have changed the fight. 
when I play DPS, sometimes it's just like, I think it's also exacerbated by the current meta state, which is a symptom of some really sh like short-minded thinking on the developer side. I just fundamentally disagree with some of their their approaches of like win rate, pick rate balancing and their like arbitrary shove someone into the meta balancing where it's like, again, it's like Bash and Torb. I always find that, the, you know, in, in a game, in, in any video game, like it is the nature of the vast community to try and default to the brainless, most brainless thing. That's just how it is, right? Like you want to find the easiest value, right? The problem is when the easiest value is also the best value, which is where we're at right now, which is like, I'm sure all of us have been in games. You win the first couple of fights and before you realize it, you're up against Orisa, Bastion, Torb, you know, like whatever, like everything that just spams crap at your face and all the nuance of the game is removed. And I think that that's where the problems lie. That's when the game starts becoming frustrating. That's when as a DPS, for example, I'm just like, this is so stupid. I cannot go anywhere without like a Torb turret smacking me with a Bastion hitting me and as tank already discussed in the last debate it's just like you just feel like a lot of your value is denied and again i've been in games of like literally dropping like I, you know you can play near perfect where you're like i made one key mistake in this entire game and that that's like the only thing you can take away in the game to be like wow i guess the one time i wasn't killing three people i lost that game shit i guess i should have just killed them every single fight right so i think that's the difference I, I think every person should be able to come away and be like, oh, I had the game in my hand. Like I had the power to change that game. So I, I think, and I think it's doable because we discussed, for example, Batiste is a great benchmark again to be like, I love playing BAP. Whenever I go into any game as BAP, uh, apart from certain comps or something where he just doesn't work, most of the time I'm like, shit, I could have, I could have done this. And if they took away the burst heal of the, of the shift, that wouldn't change my feeling as, as Kark, you kind of suggested. It wouldn't change my sentiment of afterwards of being like, man, I could have really won that game as BAP. If I had the 100 shift though, I would have definitely won, right? That's not part of the equation. It's because I can do so much for myself. So yeah, I hope they look at, they've done, so let's commend the devs in that they've taken support from a place where in the betas, people were unhappy to play support to now everyone's delighted to play support, at least if the queue times are going to go by. So good job there. Now we need to kind of bring that level to the other roles so that, uh, yeah, the ideal should be that everyone comes away feeling like, yeah, I could have won that game. So on that note, thank you very much, guys, for joining me today. I appreciate so much thank your time you. and company. Uh, as always, please show these guys some love. All their socials are in uh, the commands and they'll be there on YouTube. So thank you very much. Uh, you Boger, Emelith, and we wish the best for SK. We, we hope she recovers ASAP. Unfortunately, she couldn't be here. I would have loved more of her opinions. Uh, but we'll have to try and get them when we can. Next week, we've got the great DPS debate, or hopefully next week, we've got the great DPS debate. And for this stream now, I'm going to go play some League of Legends. So uh, thank you, guys. Base. Have fun. Uh, thank Base you, guys. Karku, Boger, Emmy. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.